Welcome back to another episode of Joshi Joshi. This is episode number two. Uh, we have a few. Yay! <laughs> we have a few things to talk about today, and as always, I'm here with Tom. Hello, I'm Tom. He is Tom, and I'm Justin, and we are going to talk about a couple topical issues and a few stardom shows. Uh, so, first on the agenda is uh, Ayako Hamada. Um, and just a disclaimer for a future episode, we already have a .5 show recorded about Sendai Girls. I believe it's going to be 3.5. We'll see what happens. However, the show we use to introduce the Sendai Girls roster is the show where Ayako Hamada won the world championship from Chihiro Hashimoto. And recently now at the time of this recording, a little bit after, or a little bit before, rather, Ayako Hamada was arrested on drug charges, and a lot of things have happened. Um, you want to sum that up for us, Tom? Yeah, so as you're saying, uh, we we literally got off the back of recording our Sendai episode last week, and uh, very shortly after, we found that uh, Hamada was in the news for the wrong reasons. We had just given a glowing review of her match, uh, and then found that she was brought up on drug charges for amphetamines, which um, influences a number of things, obviously. Uh, she was under a contract with Wave, uh, which has now been terminated. Uh, she was the champion of Sendai Girls, which is the um, a promotion of Mako Satomura, and she has now been stripped of the belt, and her potential match with Dash Chisako has been cancelled. Um, I still expect Dash to win that title coming off of whatever they choose to do. Um, and it looks like, I mean, this this is the sort of thing that in Japan is very poorly thought of. Yeah, this isn't going to go well. No, I mean, a lot of you m- might know the most, one of the more recent incidents was uh, Matt Seidel, who uh, I think... <laughs> He, what the euphemism at the time used was a uh, he had a long stay in Hawaii on the way back, but uh, right. wasn't he supposed to be in jail or something? It was it was a bad scene. Um, he was caught bringing uh, a well a electric cigarette with uh, pot in, basically. Yeah, uh, and as a result, he's basically banned from Japan now. Yeah, and not in the fun session moth banned in Canada way. Right, so. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, this is, I mean, this reflects very badly on a number of promotions. Like, um, So Sendai, obviously, uh, don't want their champion who's on, who's just literally won the title to be caught in this sort of scenario. Uh, the Wave, who had her under contract, certainly don't want to be associated with any of this. They sure don't. And, they uh, uh, they uh, purged all match files of her from the Wave network. Yeah, very much a redacted style Benoit situation. Yes, uh, which which is an, not an indication of how severe the offence was, but obviously just a an indication of how severely Japanese culture deals with drugs. Yeah, and then it's uh, unfortunate for fans because I'm sure there's a lot like me who uh, the Catch the Wave tournament this year was outstanding, apparently, and I was putting off catching up with it. Um, and now I'm not going to see half of it or the finals. So that's that's disappointing. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, there, there was other promotions uh, she was involved with as well, weren't there? As, um... She worked for Seedling a lot. Ah, yes, that was right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, b- uh, before recording here, we were talking about how this mirrored the... Um, the Yoshirai situation, yeah, uh, which maybe maybe you can, maybe you can run us through a little bit just for people who aren't as familiar with some of her background. Yeah, well, she was working in Mexico at the time with her boyfriend Nosawa, um, and on her way back in, she was caught smuggling, I believe it was marijuana, and she spent a little bit of time in jail, um, not after being arrested or charged but just being detained and it hurt a lot of things uh, she ended up breaking up with Nosawa um, and it's uh, hurt her relationship with Mio because Io had said that she was set up framed she didn't know anything about it and Mio did not really believe her and that caused a pretty big rift for a little while um, which since healed a little bit uh, we don't know their personal lives but they have appeared with each other a bit since then but anyway uh in eo's case she ended up being telling the truth and it was so uh, the story is something like somebody in mexico was mad at nosawa and paid someone else to harm them in some way i guess uh set them up like this so he carried out his duties by planting drugs on Eo to hurt Nosawa. Um, it's very convoluted, frankly. But uh, eventually the guy who did it did come clean. So Eo was cleared and everything's okay there, except for all the damaged relationships it caused. Yeah, that's, uh, again, with the seriousness of how drugs is dealt with in Japan, that's uh, that's a serious, serious attack on someone. Yeah, yeah it really is. Um, well... I guess uh, I guess we'll see what Sendai Girls does with that world title, and I guess we'll see what happens with Ayako Hamada. Um, she may go work in Mexico because of that lineage, or she may be out of the business. We'll time will tell. Yeah, it's, it's maybe one of those things that we don't know the answer for six months, maybe, or maybe there's a, a few a couple of companies that would be happy to bring her on. We'll uh, we shall see what happens. We will. We will. Uh, our second, well, I hesitate to say major story, but significant story this week would be the injury to Brandy Rhodes. Uh, I know what you're thinking, that's not a major story, but I think it's worth discussing at least uh, as, we, as we start off here. If anyone's seen the injury, it's a double uh, fracture of the clavicle. Looks very nasty, and the post-surgery screws and plates they threw in there are no joke. I would not wish that on anyone. And uh, you know, she's spoken a couple of times about the in- about uh, the circumstances and how she's been dealing with this. And um, there's a couple of interesting bits and pieces, which you know, we don't want to get too much into internet fan break every word down and analyze meaning. But there was a there's a there's something that struck me a little bit off about one of the tweets. Um, this is a direct quote. Um, I've completed surgery successfully, sent my husband back on the road. He won't miss a a show on account of my injury. If you feel inclined to criticise matches I worked with a double fracture, seek help. We trust our bodies to others in the ring. I've never hurt anyone, including myself. I I will absolutely not criticise any matches that she worked with a double fracture. That is completely fine. The the first three matches she works are fair game. 
yeah we'll start off with that uh we will be talking about some of those um because i know cody said it was four matches and she worked two hurt it was actually five matches and she worked two hurt four shows so, yeah yes four shows because she had the the, the tournament obviously mm. so i've never heard anyone including myself and we trust our bodies to others in the ring it's an interesting phrase isn't yeah. it um it really is uh seems a little this, bit the, i mean seems like she's it seems trying to, to imply blame. blame yes that's exactly where i was going yeah. it sounds like blame yeah and i don't know we i we know from uh, various interviews with uh with stardom people including chris wolf that stardom tra- used to train five days a week now they train three days a week um with someone like brandy i'm imagining that they spend a lot of time trying to bring her up bring her to uh, a standard in the ring that will work acceptably within that promotion and also to you know to it's not just about it's about improving her which is a good thing which is why i wanted her to work in stardom in the first place i was a big fan of the idea of her going there and spending some time learning from these people who have improved the skills of so many uh, so many western talents but i mean the implication that you know firstly i've never hurt anyone that's a very nice thing for someone to say when they haven't when been in a position to hurt anyone everyone in wrestling who's had a, a decent sized career has hurt someone in the ring yeah yeah it's uh it's a cute thing to say when you've only had two dozen matches yeah uh and that and including myself that in- implies that somebody in stardom hurt her not i mean obviously not deliberately accidents accidents happen but i mean the implication there is that she is such a professional that she would never hurt anyone else but somebody was unprofessional in hurting her right and as we as i believe you've mentioned she's not so good in the ring that i trust that her negative degree of talent is not part of the reason why she was injured this is purely speculation. Uh, we don't know how she was injured. Yeah. We don't know what happened. They're being very relatively straightforward, you know, uh, red- relatively quiet on it, yeah. to be honest. Yeah, they're, they're not being straightforward. In fact, Tom and I have yeah. two different yeah. theories. Um, so my theory is, if you watch the five-on-five match, I forget, what show was that? Was that the Oedo Tai-produced match show? Uh, that was yeah, that was the Oedo Tai match, yeah. yeah. Um, she takes drop kicks in just a terrible, terrible way. So not I'm no wrestler, obviously, but I know you're supposed to take a flat back pump when almost every time that it's possible. And you're certainly not supposed to do what she did, which is to take the drop kick and then throw yourself back onto your shoulder. And not only was it onto her shoulder, it was onto the shoulder that this x-ray shows is injured. And she did it twice, and she did it twice so blatantly that I put, that's what I put together, is she kept bumping directly and hard onto that shoulder. And I think she hurt herself. That's my theory. Um, I, I can see why you believe that, but I, th- I think even Brandy would acknowledge that the phrase, I've never hurt anyone, including myself would include i think she would be a stretch to say that somebody injured her on a drop kick yeah yeah um my 
when she got pinned in that match, she log rolled out of the ring. She was on the outside looking in. It didn't look like there were trainers working with her or anything. There wasn't much footage of it, but it didn't seem like she was hurt by the end of that match. Um, you know, she was pinned by Momo off the back of a B driver. I believe that it's more likely she was hurt during one of the training sessions between that show and the next show, training for her part in the next match to improve on what she had done in the first match because what she did in the first match was tag in let the rest of her team do her offense for her yeah largely yeah she didn't really um, do anything and she hit her finish at one point oh yeah uh, she hit a couple of charges into a corner but she didn't do a lot and again this is before she was injured um i assume so you know, I, I again i assume that they want to keep her training and bring her up to speed so i assume that they were doing that and that's the point when she got hurt uh because if she was injured during a match i think that would almost be acknowledged i don't know also uh you know i've known people that just say their shoulder hurts and they get an x-ray and there's something broken you know it doesn't always it's not always a catastrophic explosion of pain um Maybe later that night or during the week or whatever, she just thought her shoulder really hurt. And she had a doctor look at it and it was bad. Um, maybe not. Uh, maybe you, you're right. I you don't could, know. Yeah, so you're right. You, I, I, I fractured my elbow at one point and it didn't really kick in until like, you know, three to six hours later. Yeah. How immobile that limb was. So you, you could be correct. And honestly, it's one of those things where regardless of how we frame it, we're, the main issue here is brandy's attitude in potentially blaming somebody else for her injury yeah which again speculation we don't know for sure yeah but uh just don't really it just sort of rubs you the it, wrong way it, just a little bit um which I is mean, if we talk about brandy's if we talk about brandy's career so far i mean she broke in uh in you know october 2016 uh was yeah, it was. Uh, those were her first matches in TNA, hmm. and I like her as a character a lot. I think she brings a lot to, uh, especially to Cody's act. Um, yeah, but she is the feeling I have of her generally is that she is doing wrestling because it means that she's more likely to get booked in certain places than she would be if she was just support. For instance, a ring announcer, right? So you've got Melissa, Melissa Santos, for example, does a lot of ring announcing on the road, does like maybe a couple of moves, but, you know, Brandy, if she's going to get booked on a wider basis and not just booked as an accessory for her husband, needs to be able to deliver a basic match. And what Brandy delivers is a 2006 Diva Search level match. If that, I mean, she's really, mm. I mean, I don't want to say anything negative, but. Uh. <laughs> I, I rewatched her match with Io, um from the tournament, which was her best match. Wow. And she Shocking. had four, she had four offensive moves. Yeah. Five, if you include chops. Yeah. Uh, and that's. None of them look good. It's one of those things. Not not, none of them look good. Um. I, it's not. She doesn't exactly botch, but there's stuff like she doesn't go up on doesn't go up on slams occasionally. Again, we're not wrestlers; we're coming. At, we, we just have the fans' eye, so yeah. you know, 
feel free to tell us we're wrong. But it's just one of the things where she is now 34. Yeah. And again, age in Joshi is, you know, 34. I've no problem with someone starting their career at, you know, 30 in their 30s and deciding this is something they want to do. That's absolutely fine. But there is a factor where she's coming into stardom and there are 13-year-olds who are 10 times better than her. To be fair, those 13-year-olds are 10 times better than most of the world. <laughs> true, true. But like, um, I mean, for instance, uh, who else de- debuted in 2016? I Hannah Kimura. Oh boy, yeah, that's a night and day difference. Yeah, that that's a, that's not a fair comparison. No. Uh, or, or you can or you can talk about uh, Mio Momono. Yeah, uh, yeah. Started in 2016. Yeah. Uh, to if you want to pick a worker who started the same month as Brandy, Ruaka. It's incredible. Yeah, and Ruaka is that thirteen-year-old, one of the thirteen-year-olds we're talking about. That's yeah, yeah, infinitely. And, and it's not a point of shame that a thirteen-year-old is better than you at something. My thirteen-year-old no. godson is much better than me at maths. But the crucial difference is, I'm not trying to get a career as a mathematician. Yeah, and to try and start from behind the curve, and she's been at this for a while now. And it's one of those things where I think if she was like truly serious about making wrestling her thing, she would say, let me go to stardom for three months. But because she's also filming her reality TV show and doing other commitments, it feels like wrestling is an accessory to what she does and not her focus. And that's reflected in her work. Right. Yeah. I mean... Uh, and I don't like saying anything bad about her because um, outside of this tweet, she generally seems like a really good person. Um, yeah, yeah. But it's it'd be and, and, and of course, of course. Sorry, I just want to say there's a thing where she's also ridiculously pretty. Yeah, she's um, she's a very beautiful girl, woman. Yeah, um, woman. Yeah. And it's one of those things. I, I used, to, used to make this comparison a lot. Um, the David Flair, like you can say a lot of things about David Flair. You can say he was never a good wrestler. You can say he was never lived up to his father's legacy. But yeah. David Flair dated Stacy Keebler. You can't hurt his feelings. <laughs> yes. He's because all he has to do is think back to that time and just say, "Ah, yeah, that was great." Yeah. Being a wrestler and, was fun, <laughs> and 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 Brandy is one of the it's one of the things where you can't hurt Cody's feelings. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's, I mean, uh, she's ridiculously attractive, and it's one of those things where the day that um, that Cody brought her home to show Dusty, Dusty just grabbed his son, hugged him, and said, "I'm so proud of you, boy. <laughs> <laughs> you did good." And, and but she's also like she comes across really nice yeah, yeah. and she comes across really well and I want her to succeed in whatever she does, but that does not mean that I can't make an objective assessment of her wrestling skills, yes, yeah. which are as I said, lacking, but uh, diva search level. Yeah, I mean, there's <laughs> I don't know how much there is to add to that really. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, not sure either. <laughs> but of course, um. I really hope she has a has a you know a smooth recovery. Uh that's a, again it's a horrible injury to suffer. Um 
and I wouldn't wish it on anyone. Obviously, it's not going to help her in terms of trying to develop as a worker. Right. Um, yeah, but... yeah I, I wish her a healthy recovery. Um, it's just that because uh, some internet trolls might say something stupid and make you angry probably doesn't mean you should respond by insinuating blame against other wrestlers. Just leave it at that. Yeah, I think she's one of those people who probably gets a lot of flack directly, which is mean-spirited, and we're really not trying to be mean-spirited. Yeah. It's just yeah. uh, just a, a practical assessment of her abilities, and the fact that I wish she had a long three-month tour in which to really develop. Absolutely. Absolutely. As opposed to what she was booked for, which was a four-show tour, which... Uh, how, what good is that? Yeah, it's not. It's not enough to really develop her um, as a prospect. So, but of course, uh, Brandy was across in Japan uh, to take part in the Cinderella tournament, uh, and this took place in Corrigan Hall. On uh, Justin, do you have a date? Yeah, there? it was four thirty. And uh, hey, look at that segue. I really like that. That's it's going to be the first <laughs> show we discussed today. The uh, April thirtieth Cinderella. 2018 stardom tournament they were uh let's round up in front of a thousand people if you're a details person 987 and uh well tom and i made our predictions last time on this both of us were wrong so (laughs) (laughs) wildly Wildly wrong didn't get much of anything right at all but uh yeah so we'll get into the show um yeah, uh, my 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 success in wrestling predictions pretty much began and ended with Kenny Omega winning the G one. <laughs> so <laughs> after that, it's a dismal string of That's failure. Right. You climbed your way up, and now it's all downhill. Yeah, yeah. Never yeah. mind. Um, okay, so uh, it's going to be hard to cover this because of the structure of the tournament but i suppose we can quickly go through every match um because there are a lot of matches um the opener i uh i didn't watch it how about you tom did you watch the hanan mary apache now yamaguchi natsumi and starlight kid versus azumi leo onozaki natsukatora ruaka and shigishibu sawa i did watch it how yes. was it? uh it was exa- it was exactly what you expect okay. yeah Honestly, um, that there's nothing special, yeah. uh, nothing massively stand out. Yeah. But I always like watching those matches. So. Yeah, I, I do some, I don't others. I didn't this time. <laughs> so, all right, <laughs> the show the show opens proper with Momo Watanabe versus uh, Konami, and I thought this was a really really good match. Um, can, when I say that, there's the caveat that it was four minutes long. But Konami had a fire in her, which is always nice. And it was a real good match between Stardom's two hardest kickers. Yeah, uh, Konami has been much better since joining Queen's Quest. It's lovely to see her with actual direction. She really, really has. Yeah, uh, but of course, Momo is the Queen's Quest main project right now. So, I mean, I predicted Konami would win this. I was badly wrong. (laughs) That didn't turn out well. (laughs) Match number two, (laughs) Saki Kashima versus Candy Floss. I want to get on record. I've said it online a bit, but I just want to get on the podcast record that 
I think Candy Floss is way too good for her gimmick. I expected nothing from her because I'd never heard of her. She's new and I'd never seen her and she is really solid and I wish she would get rid of the comic bright color bullshit gimmick and just be a just be a straight up wrestler because she's she's good at it. It's kind of I don't so much mind the gimmick because she's got this mean streak underneath it. It's a it's a juxtaposition, but I I do understand your point. It's um it's a little bit uh, beneath her. It feels like she could be t- she could be taking herself ser- more seriously. Yeah. yeah, I think for someone with her talent, it's a little beneath her because I mean I I have no idea if that would offend her to say that, but I say it because she's I think she's really good. Yeah, there's a match with her and Hanan on uh, the following show after this, which is really worth checking out, actually. Yeah. Uh, it's a rare example of like a almost a squash match in stardom. And Candy Floss comes across as really quite um, dominating yeah. with her submission work. It's, uh, it's a really interesting watch. Uh, but no, I, I'm enjoying Candy Floss. My initial assessment, and to be honest, internet chatter beforehand had sort of brought me to expect her to be spare Zaya Brookside yeah. which which is a huge disservice to her she's much better than being somebody else's understudy I like Zaya Brookside but Candy Floss is has arrived in stardom as a ready to go package and deal yeah, yeah I would so I, I mean Zaya's obviously young and all that um, so I don't know. My point is, uh, I think Candy's absolutely better than her at this stage. Well, Candy Floss is also young, so... How old is she? uh, So Candy Floss is not actually... uh, Her age is not given on Cage Match, uh, which is fine. She seems quite, you know, early 20s, maybe. Uh, She started wrestling in 2016, a month after... uh, A month after Brandy Rhodes. Look at that, it all comes back. (laughs) It really does come all back around. Yeah. So she hasn't even had the advantage of dojo training or anything like that, and she's she's pretty good. Yeah, she's and I think has and and, and demonstrates a, a clear capacity to improve yeah. as well. So, um, okay. Next match on here was uh, oh, and we should say that Saki Kashima won. She defeated <laughs> Candy Floss. <laughs> Uh, the next match on here was B Priestley versus Martina, and you mentioned the rare Stardom squash match. That's what this felt like to me. B Priestley just dominated and won match over. Yep, uh, I think I have, I'll have more thoughts on Brie as this tournament goes on. Oh, on B, sorry, not Brie. <laughs> uh, You're going to but, speak to uh, us about cheese. <laughs> well, I, but the thing is, when I think of Brie, I think of Daniel Bryan's wife. Oh, so, I think of uh, moldy cheese. Well, I, I should think of that more. <laughs> uh, but uh, I think Martina still gets over in Corican, which oh, yeah. is nice. Yeah, yeah. So, she gets over. She's just not very uh, competitive. No, no. Uh, I think she, she's... Her best field in stardom will probably be multi-man tags. Yeah. Um, okay, well, next match. Brandy Rhodes defeats Natsu Sumire. Uh, took about four minutes, and... I don't remember how she won. Wasn't this disqualification? 
No, it was a uh, a roll up attempt by Natsumi that was that was reversed by Brandy. Uh, but the MVP of the match was Kagetsu on the outside, who was cornering Brandy, much to oh, yeah. uh, Natsu's uh, dismay. Yeah. Even in the pre pre match uh, promo. Yeah, yeah, uh, and she and uh, her jumping in the ring to celebrate Brandy at the end was also fantastic. So, uh, big big points for Kagetsu. Uh, Natsu did what she could, and Brandy pulled out yeah. a win. Uh, next match. Really good match. A lot of uh, storyline implications for the two of them. Hazuki beat Hanakamura. This was about five minutes. It was very intense. They went at each other full force. And in the end, uh, they both ended up on the apron. And Hazuki managed to get Hanakamura off. She kicked her right off the apron. So uh, I really I really like this match. And... After the match, they shook hands, and Hana gave her her respect, and their friendship's been going uphill ever since. Tom, did you like this match? Exactly what it should have been. Probably my favorite overall, I don't know if my favorite match, but my favorite segment yeah. on the uh, first round by yeah. far. Uh, although that <laughs> we'll get to another fun segment later. Uh, but this was exactly what we said it should have been. This is exactly what should have happened. Uh, I did expect them to pro- possibly draw out the Hazuki Hana thing a bit longer, but the fact that they just wrapped it up like this, with Hana endorsing Hazuki and putting her uh, her entrance robe around Hazuki's yeah. shoulders, that was really good. It was uh, it was a lovely moment. It's nice to see Odetai absolutely harmonious for a change. And and I uh, yeah I, I was going to say that's why I am perfectly okay that this story might have been a little rushed. Um, I've seen enough Oedo Tai internal strife for a while because <laughs> um, we had it uh, with Natsu where that that lasted a while. And then we had it uh, with Tom. So I didn't want it a third time in a row with Hazuki. So I'm glad I'm glad they moved on. Well, I thought they were building something with uh, Tam's disgust with uh, uh with Martina as well, but uh, apparently that's Natsu's disgust. Natsu's disgust with, Mar- uh, with Martina. Sorry, yeah. Uh, yeah, but apparently that's more sort of we have a nice harmonious group now. Apparently, yeah. yeah. So. Although, although they, Natsu still all... does give the odd look towards Martina, <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's more sort of just her character, yes, yes. Uh, as opposed to potential heat building, right. and. Uh, and Hazuki handed out lollipops in celebration. She did. So. She did. Um, it was, wasn't it a black lollipop for Oedo Tai? Yeah, they were, nice yes. Touch. I don't know uh, what flavor that was, but... Uh... I think this was also... Was it the debut and final appearance of Hazuki's white gear? Yes. She debuted it, and she retired it. <laughs> <laughs> it, it. It was sort of odd anyway, even if she did stay in Queen's Quest. Uh, the main feature on it was a fleur de lis the the quebec corn or whatever isn't that a piece of corn <laughs> yeah uh well it's 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 more of a that's that's a french symbol in, in origin but yeah it's uh but it was still had like it still had the basic oedo uh sorry queen's quest um uh patterning on some of it, some of it. so i think she was yeah, she was expecting to stay in Queen's Quest, and I think it was the case where she just wanted to wear it at least once before right. it was decided she needed something more fitting for a way to right. tie. 
Yeah. I apologize for my American ignorance on the floor daily. <laughs> <laughs> um, next match, we get two friends squaring off. Mayu Iwatani defeats uh, Tom Nakano. And Tom tried to bum rush her as the match started. And she got a lot of near falls out of it that were really well done. Mayu was kicking out of those by the skin of her teeth. And that was a good segment. Um, it was a good match. Yeah, uh, exactly. Again, exactly what we expected. Really, uh, I wasn't. I wasn't thinking that Tam was going to win this, uh, but Mayu managed to put something together that worked really well. Yeah, so, yeah. next we get uh, Io Shirai defeating Chardonnay. Um, this was good. That's uh, second round. Yes. No, no, no. It's uh, first round. Oh no, you're right. You're... <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're right. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. I'm sorry. Um, Io Shirai defeats Chardonnay. Um, I did just listen to Chardonnay on the podcast Tom mentioned the first time around. Flash Morgan Webster's Wrestling with My Friends, whatever it's called. Wrestling Friends? Something like that. Anyway, yeah. she considered uh, her first Io Shirai match the best match she ever had. So she got to have another go at it here. And it was pretty good. Chardonnay is not... She. I was trying to think of a comparison for her and to me i'm gonna go with lance storm where she has kind of close to zero physical charisma but she's incredibly solid as a worker i think she has a little bit of physical charisma it's just that she tends to be outshone slightly by the various other gaijins brought in or uh she certainly when she stood in amongst queen's quest sort of disappears a little bit but and it's not like Queen's Quest is full of charisma machines a lot of the time. <laughs> but you know, unless you get them on interviews where, you know, Azumi is going to call everyone a turd. But, <laughs> or a grandmother. Um, <laughs> yeah. But you're right. She's, she's um, I think I've mentioned this before, but she is uh, has stepped up her game since her first tour and her first tour was at, was good. Yeah. Uh, yeah unsurprising I'm that she, yeah, it's, it's unsurprising that she considers her match with Io to be her best match so far. I believe there's a list of gaijins as long as my arm who would say the same thing. Yeah, we uh, mentioned Brandy earlier. Yes, uh, and I think that... Uh, it's, I certainly think B Priestley would say the same thing. I think there's... If you just look at the, the white belt defences over the last... Uh, you know, this year, yeah. uh, she's had 10 matches and a lot of them would have been against... Uh, against Gaijins who are trying to take that belt from her. And I think all of them, almost all of them would say, that's my best match. Yeah, yeah. And you can go back further to when EO had the SWA title and probably get a lot of the same there. Um, but yeah, mm, it was a mm. good match. I think Chardonnay is really, really, uh, she's solid. I like a lot of her moveset. She never messes up, which is nice. Uh, she's believable. I think she's really good. I, I give her the Lance Storm recommendation. And even though I said she has no physical charisma, it's not really as damning as it may sound. I owned two Lance Storm shirts when he was in ECW. So, hey, <laughs> it's not the end of the world. Um, so if she comes out with a shirt, you'll buy it. Oh, God. Fine. Yes. Yes. You can hold me to that. As long as it's... <laughs> I will do. I yeah, will do. As long as it's not going to embarrass me. <laughs> Actually, even then I'll do it. I'll just wear it around the house. You're a Joshi fan. Yeah. yeah. 
What are, what are you looking? Why are you even doing this if you're not open to being embarrassed sometimes? <laughs> it's true. It's true. But God knows what somebody will put on a t-shirt these days. Um. <laughs> it's not a Martina t-shirt. Okay, Come that's on. True, that's true. That's true. Uh, and we'll get more into Chardonnay uh, in a couple of shows. There's a, there's a little teaser for everyone. All right. Next match. This is the final match of the first round. Um, Jungle Kiona defeats Kageko. This had me just hysterically laughing the entire time. I loved this match <laughs> so much. Um, Jungle comes to the ring, and she is in a no-bullshit mood. Unfortunately for her, Kagetsu is in a full bullshit mood <laughs> and she comes out as her uh was it a sister or cousin or her her own twin her sister. own twin sister kageko um she comes out in a dress and a wig and she is as feminine and kawaii as she can possibly manage and all of oedo tai is playing this up along with her it's different entrance music everyone comes out to be her like uh, to come out and do like a beautiful introduction for her. Her strawberry print knee-length dress yeah. is hilarious with like the ruffles underneath. Exactly. The, the, um, uh, as she gets in the ring or anything happens to her, her first thought isn't the pain she's in or anything like that. It's, I have to uh, close my legs and get these ruffles <laughs> positioned. When when she gets in the ring, you just see Martina dive in the way of the shot, just saying no. <laughs> she's she's too much of a lady for this. <laughs> and she spent Kageko uh, spends most of the time clutching her wig and making the motion as though she's going to toss her hair. <laughs> it's it it's a masterful mockery of the entire concept of this tournament, which is obviously that the winner is going to become a princess yeah. and wear a. Uh, and wear a dress and a tiara uh, which and a tiara which Kagetsu could not want to do less so <laughs> it was she was just hilarious I thought she was funny and during the intros the part that killed me the most uh, maybe before the intros but during the pre-match um, the camera was all focused on Kageko and she's going through all her over the top routine and out of nowhere the camera switches over to jungle and the look on her face of disdain just <laughs> killed me. I just could not stop laughing after I saw that. That was that was too much. Um, but yeah, there was also, a, if you don't believe in miracles, you should now. Because, believe it or not, Kageko was Kagetsu. What? Yeah. Later in the match, she ends up taking the dress <laughs> off. She's wearing some jean shorts. She takes the wig off. I didn't know through this whole thing that that was kagetsu so i my mind was really blown when this happened <laughs> yeah she literally just at one point in the match she's just had enough runs over to the side and uh, uh it was uh, it was it was now who just jumps off on the apron pulls the dress off over her yeah. head in a practiced motion which is clearly like okay this is the point i have to do this and uh, and then it's a straight up Kagetsu uh, versus Jungle Kyo in a yeah. match, uh, because quite frankly, Jungle was pissed, and Kageko was not getting not getting shit yeah, done. Yeah, Kageko was uh, didn't have that uh, fighting spirit, I suppose. Um, 
I, I believe that Kageko was also featured in some of the build for these. She events. was. She was so at the press was, conferences. Yeah, there's just there's footage of her. I I, I, <laughs> I knew that Kagetsu was going to pull out something hilarious yeah. after seeing those pictures. Yeah. So. Uh, it definitely delivered on that front, it, it, but this was a very good win for Jungle Kiana. Very good win, very good match, very good finish. The finish she uh, went off 2003 Brock Lesnar on Kagetsu. They end up on the outside of the apron, which was a theme for the whole night. But uh, Kiona took it a bit further. She power bombs Kagetsu onto the apron, keeps uh, the hands tied up, brings her back up, and turns and power bombs her outside of the ring to the floor. And don't get, if you didn't see it, don't worry too much. It's stardom. All of their bumps and topes to the outside are into about 20 women. So it's it's not like she was going onto concrete, but I, I love the finish. The double power bomb is great. There was a follow up power bomb on, uh, on another show later, which was. Uh, I think it was meant to happen in much the same way, but didn't look nearly as safe. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah it did not. Um, okay. First round over. We're going to the quarterfinals. First round, quarterfinal number one, B. Priestley defeats Hazuki. Uh, I think Hazuki marked out her definite improvement, or, or definite, not improvement, but sort of improvement in status in this tournament a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but B is still being treated as the monster. She was the one who needed to go to the main for uh, Momo to conquer. Hazuki versus Momo, I think, probably would have been a more interesting final for for Queen's Quest fans, but I think it it, it was uh, it was it was it was a pretty good match. It was okay. It was the uh, shortest match of the tournament. It barely went over three minutes. Yeah. Uh, but that again, the, you want to limit the amount of times that B is going to be asked to do long matches and something like this, yeah. because she is still on an improvement curve right yep. now. So you want to put, you want to invest heavily in in the main event that she's going yep. to. So okay, so after that we had Mayu Iwatani against her body double <laughs> Saki Kashima. Have you ever noticed that, Tom? When these, I guess it's because they keep tag teaming <laughs> that they're always standing next to each other, and I swear to God they have the exact same body. Swear to God. Well, in that case, why was why <clears throat> why was uh, she not one of the Mayu Atanis during the uh, the the battle? Hey, Royal? spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she uh, she certainly could have been. Um, yeah, it was a good match. It was fine. Um, nothing much to say about it. It was it was passable. Yeah, uh, that's sort of my overall impression of uh, (laughs) Saki Kashima has come back and been absolutely fine, but not really stood out yet. Uh, I'm still waiting for these, waiting for her to step into the the gatekeeper role that we were thinking she might. But uh, right now, it's not quite there. Uh, But maybe she just needs a bit of time. She might. As she said in her pre-match interview uh, for the first round, this was actually her first singles matches back, which I wasn't even, I didn't even notice, to be honest. But I guess she was just in different forms of uh, tag matches until tonight, the Cinderella. So, Yeah, when she came back, she challenged someone to a singles match, but I don't know if, I think it might have got transmuted into something else, yeah. so, yeah. in the post-match promos, so... Uh, 
yeah, I mean, um, we'll hopefully get to see more of uh, Saki Kashima and her tremendous theme music yes. uh, step, st- stepping up into that role that she's pretty much got earmarked for. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, next quarterfinals. Io Shirai defeats Brandy Rhodes. This match went over five minutes, and it was the best of Brandy Rhodes' career. Um, if there's well, I mean, you, you can say that, but Brandy was also in the ROH tournament, and she might have had matches better than this. We haven't seen a lot of her matches. Yeah, we haven't, and uh, probably won't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I. It's exactly what you said earlier. She is at the level of a mid-2000s diva search wrestler, unfortunately. But a well-practiced one. So it's not like I think that she is... I think that she often has to be led by the hand in matches, which is why Io just sort of put her in places and then did stuff to her. Right, right. Which, you know, I, I think that she... Brandy is less botch prone than some of those... You know, two thousands D That's true. Girls. That is a that is a good a positive. I, it, yeah, it's just that she doesn't have good instincts. Uh, I think William Regal once said the most important aspect of being in the ring is your opponent has to be able to move you where they with, where they need you to go. And Brandy doesn't have that automatic be here thing be here. in her where she can just be moved. Yeah, and I guess for me, the big complaint is I just really have always my entire uh time as a as a fan of pro wrestling my biggest pet peeve is when people don't work snug as steve austin would say when they don't lay it in I'm, and, I, <laughs> Tut that up. Yeah. and i'm not saying i want people to potato each other but my god don't be scared of hitting people it it looks so bad to me um and i guess that's why i'm so critical here i i just don't like I don't like light offense. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where her position uh, on cards is related largely more to her relationships and personality than her work, yeah. which doesn't doesn't help when you're trying to analyze when you try to analyze her by her work. Yeah. Uh, she's she's pushed beyond her ability. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, but but. Uh, this is exactly where we said her tournament would end. Yeah, so. and there it goes. Io Shirai takes her down. And I don't think Brandy's going to be coming back for a, uh, a Wonder of Stardom match with Io any, anytime I soon. Don't, I don't so. think so. Um, no. The final quarterfinal match here was another good match. Uh, Momo Watanabe versus Jungle Kiona. Uh, it lasted only five minutes, but it was... Uh, I guess I'll break down a match list after the tournament, but this was my favorite match of the tournament. Um, it had a bunch of different spots that I thought were really good. There was one, um, Momo gets tossed into the corner, Irish whip, and Jungle follows her in, and she's going to Irish whip her again to the opposite corner. But instead of that, she short arms her and just clotheslines the her right out of her goddamn boots and I thought that I loved it that looked amazing and then there's another uh, spot at the end where Jungle just takes this big wild gigantic looping overhand punch on Momo and that just looked like it killed her too I thought this match was really really good 
Yeah, uh, watching the tournament the, through the first time round, this did strike me as my my favourite match. I don't know if it was the best. Right. Uh, it's one of the, one of those things where I think we might take for granted how good Mayu and Io are. Yes, yeah, that's true. But <laughs> but I think this is probably my favourite match. Yeah. Uh, it's in no small part due to the fact that I knew the results coming in, so I knew that this match would be something interesting to see. Uh, I also. I'm a big fan of jungle yep. and I think that I don't think there's someone in I don't think there's anyone in stardom who projects a desire to win a match better than jungle yeah. or she had she has that sort of when she does her yells and you know gets the response from the crowd I don't think there's anyone who does that better than or her. gets the crowd behind her yes yeah, yeah the crowd wants um, her to win badly and she wants to win badly she's jungle Kion is great uh, and of course, this ended again with more on the apron ring, elim- ring elimination action, yes. uh, which is one of those things where a pin would possibly hurt people more because it's more of like with these time limits, they're like, almost like Survivor Series pins right, a lot of the right. time. But the ring out adds the new elements and really makes it more open that these matches matches would end so quickly. Yeah. And so when Momo gets that B driver on jungle on the on the ring apron. There's just no question of what's of who's won at that yeah, point. Yeah, it's over. Yeah, yeah. So, Momo Watanabe moves on to the uh, semifinals, which we'll get into later. Uh, so, the first semifinal match, incredible match. Uh, if you can find some gifs of this match, I, I retweeted one earlier uh, of of the opening part of this match that I thought was great. Um, so they go through all their moves, or they don't go through all their moves. They go through a bunch of moves. And if this was a typical indie match, they would both end with their fists up at each other and people would politely clap the nice little interaction to start the match. But this t- <laughs> There we go. Good job, guys. But the- <laughs> this time... what Martial arts skills That's <laughs> This time, what I thought was so great was... Mayu went to do that, and Io Shirai uh, drop-kicked her in the face and put her on her ass. And I just thought that was a great way to change that up. It was great. Io does not have that kind of respect for people. No, no. Io is not going to put her fists up at you. (laughs) She's going to use them. She is. She's an ace. Um, But yeah, like you said, we might be taking for granted how, how good these two are, because this was a really good match. It felt special as well, just because it was one of those things where you suddenly realise, oh right, these people haven't seriously faced each other in the entire time I've been a fan. Yeah, yeah, because you were a fan after Mayu, after that storyline had already uh, completed, where Mayu finally beat Io. Yeah, uh, I mean, when I when I came in, Mayu was the red belt and white belt champion. There you go. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, whilst I'm well aware of. Uh, of freedom and uh and uh, and i've watched the end of uh was it was the tag team name thunder something? thunder rock thunder rock yeah. yes uh whilst i've watched the dissolution of thunder rock it's still one of those things where in their modern incarnations these people these two feel like they're they've been kept apart for a while yeah. uh and so i'm i'm looking forward to seeing if they have much more in the way of interaction coming up soon yeah and hopefully they do because it's stardom is they're very good at taking going for long periods apparently 
and then suddenly making you realize oh shit you've had two people on this relatively small roster who can have main event matches against each other and you've just somehow been keeping them separate for a while and i didn't notice exactly and they do that a lot frankly it's it's Hmm. really well really really well done um but i guess uh that's what kagetsu's there for keep these girls busy these women busy yeah these women um, keep doing that. Uh, <laughs> all right, uh, and the result was a time limit draw. Um, the final, the final spot was a little messed up. Uh, Mayu was supposed to hit a dragon suplex with a bridge, her finisher, on Io, and when the when the bell sounded. However, she had only just got her hands clasped when the bell sounded, and she did it anyway. So she just looked kind of mean. <laughs> <laughs> well i think it, it it sort of felt like a it i it i can retcon that well not retcon but justify it in my mind is just you know her saying i'm gonna do this regardless i don't care <laughs> i'm already here might as well dump her on her head yeah. <laughs> what you gonna do let her go at that point it'd be awkward <laughs> yeah, that's true, that's true. yeah um so, that being a time limit draw in a semi-final means that the finals of the Cinderella 2018 were Momo Watanabe versus B. Priestley. And it was a pretty good match. It wasn't bad. Yeah. Um, whilst I said before that B. Priestley versus Io Shirai was B, probably B. Priestley's best match, I think this might have been B. Priestley's best individual performance. Yeah. Yeah, she didn't... Uh, a lot of the things... Uh, this was this was very much a ninety percent kicks match. Yeah, it was a lot of kicks, and I think they played it played it fairly evenly. But B felt like a, a, as she had throughout the tournament so far, like a bit of a a monster to overcome. Yeah. But this is kind of why I thought that Hazuki would have been a better option for this spot because obviously there's more to play off with the idea that now they are Hazuki and Momo would actually be true rivals. Yes. With B, it was kind of like. It's Queen's Quest versus Queen's Quest. Yeah. And yeah. B doesn't exactly have much... It's not that she doesn't have personality, it's just she doesn't have, have established motivations beyond being in Queen's Quest yeah. and winning tournaments or going to the finals of tournaments, as she tends to do. She does. Um, But even with that lack of story, I still liked uh, their interaction. I thought the match was well planned out. Yeah. I thought it was the match was suited to Momo's skills and suited to B's skills. Uh, I think they worked. They've clearly did, did some quality work on it in advance, which is why B's matches before that were short and squash orientated. Um, but I mean, <laughs> this is this is where we talk about how the fact that uh, you dream picked Momo to win this tournament. Uh, I picked Jungle, yeah, and you got you were right. This was this yeah. was the result you yeah. wanted. This is the result I wanted. I love Momo Watanabe. Um, and I'm, I'm glad I got it. Uh, she shocked a lot of people after the match. Uh, she challenged Io Shirai for the white belt instead of Tony Storm for the red belt. And most people... I think it made sense, though. I didn't have a problem with it. Uh, a lot of people had the problem, said you should challenge, you know, for the top belt. But to me... She's had this long, long time of trying to prove herself to Io, and she feels that now that she just won the Cinderella tournament, that she has momentum on her side, and she wants to try it again and get a title. And I think that's 
perfectly fine, and it's going to be a hell of a match. And if Momo wins, uh, Io can move on to the red belt or whatever she wants to do. Yeah, uh, I think definitely coming off the back of that last uh, Io match, Momo just wants to prove that I mean, if she won the red belt at this point, it would feel like she was overcoming an obstacle that wasn't the one she was trying to overcome. Right. She needs to prove that she's on Io's level, which is more important to her than trying to prove that she's better than Tony Storm. Yeah. Once she's beaten Io, and she's proven that she's on that level, that's the point she starts challenging these other people. Yeah. Now, obviously, with the news that Tony Storm might be signed to WWE, that could be pro- that could be problematic for the future. Uh, as far as we know, Tony's going to be working a reduced tour next time. She has a certain date that she needs to be gone for for other commitments. Mm. Um, and we, it's likely that Tony's going to lose the belt next time around. It's ve- we don't know who to. It's very possible. Um, it depends uh, if the WWE contract rumor is true, which it probably is. And it depends when that kicks in. And it depends how much they'll work with stardom to let them do it how they want to do it. Uh, there's a lot of factors, um, but Tony's definitely about to lose that belt if that rumor is true. Yeah, uh, I think we both we both said that Kagetsu would probably be the most ideal choice oh, absolutely. Uh, to present that. Because it doesn't make any sense for Mayu to come back and challenge again straight away. Yeah. Uh, and because this rumor came up in the middle of this, this is why it might have been ma- possibly made more sense for Momo to challenge for that red belt. Because then you have a destination, and you're making someone by having them win that belt. But it's not the best story for Momo. Yeah, and it's also playing a bit of leapfrog. Point. I don't think she's. I mean, talent-wise, she may be red belt level, but I don't want her to to leapfrog an entire part of the uh, rise of her career. Yeah. Um... <sighs> So really, at the moment, it's it's hard to say because Kagetsu just came off a loss for the white belt as well. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that later. Um, I have thoughts on that that relate to the red belt. Uh, but yeah, that show is uh, going to be covered by us next. Uh, but before we go on the Cinderella, I don't know if you enjoy writing lists of things you like, like I do. Um, <laughs> but here are my top five matches. Number five, the first match of the tournament, Momo versus Konami kicked the hell out of each other. Number four, Hazuki versus Hana. Pure intensity, wonderful after the after the match moment. Number three, Kagako versus Jungle. I still can't get it in my head that Kagako and Kagetsu are the same person. It blows my mind. <laughs> <laughs> and then you had the uh, the double clutch power bomb to the floor for the finish. Great stuff. Number two, Io versus Mayu. Say no more. It's Io versus Mayu. And number one, Momo Watanabe versus Jungle Kiona. I just really loved that match. And it had the uh, the most spots in it that made me go, holy shit, that I just covered earlier. Um, yeah. So, Tom, do you do you have a uh, couple of favorites from this tournament? Well, I mean, more than the uh, what I actually have is a list of five uh, performers who I thought stood out or uh, made their mark Absolutely. more than anything. Uh, so Hazuki was impressive, and I'm, I'm, this is a very important tournament for her. Uh, Kagetsu made the entire first round with her, uh, with her both her work at ringside carrying matches effectively, uh, and uh, her work as Kageko. And, uh, Kagetsu's work in, uh, at ringside for the uh, 
for Hazuki versus Hana was excellent as that well. That was good too. Uh, yeah. She 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 really is the uh, the oil that keeps stardom going. She is. Uh, B Priestley was possibly it was possibly her best show in stardom. Yeah, yeah. Uh, three matches. Uh, at least one of them was well. Uh, she had they're all short matches, but she has, she feels more and more the part they want her to play. Yeah, and uh, just to interject on your list a little bit, I think Bees is even more impressive that she had such a good night because previously uh, I was thinking this was going to be her worst tour. She uh, was not having a good tournament in the ring. Um, And then she had this tournament and she looked great. Uh, Next up, uh, Jungle Kiona. Uh, She is uh, absolute, the, the, the symbol of maximum effort. Yeah. For me, in the promotion, she is the engine. She is excellence. But obviously, this is Momo's moment. This is the moment when she steps out and once again tries to point out that she is main event worthy. She is the next generation for stardom. And, yep. you know, God knows how long her career will last given her given her style, but she is fun to watch and she is very impressive. She is. She's She's a natural, what can you say? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that was the 2018 Stardom Cinderella Tournament. Next, we're going to move on to the produced shows. Uh, I believe we mentioned earlier that the Stars Produced show was not uploaded yet, so we won't be covering that until next episode. Um, But uh, who doesn't want to... I think that sort of works out for us, because now everyone has to look forward to the Jenkin Tournament, as we are right now. (laughs) And who doesn't look forward to the annual Jenkin? It's my favorite time of year that I didn't know happened until like six months after it happened last time. But still, <laughs> it's it's Christmas and stardom. <laughs> exactly, I, I, just, I love this stuff. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, do you want to jump right into it? Yeah, uh, the Odetai Produce Show, uh, Shinkiba First Ring. Uh, we kicked off with the signature wacky events of this particular show, which was a dance off, uh, Tai versus Queen's Quest versus Stars. Uh, basically, the idea was bring your dance crew. Uh, <laughs> then, at the actual show itself, Kagetsu revealed what the song that everyone had to dance to was going to be. And it was a great song. <laughs> what was the what was the name of it? It was called Zen Ryaku Michi no Ue Yori by Issei Fubisepia. Um... It's like a '90s dance track, right? I think it was an '80s dance track, and it—wow! I just absolutely <laughs> love this song to the point where uh, it's—I think it's uh, personally ringtone quality. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I, I know we disagree on this, but uh, who did you have winning the overall battle? I had Queen's Quest. I thought it was great. They did—I uh, guess it was like some power aerobics or something. Um, <laughs> I just thought it was really good. They had B Priestley. It was B, right? That was uh, standing in it, front of them giving the instructions. Yeah, she was reading off Japanese instructions, <laughs> I believe. Uh, which was, you know, I, I, Queen's Quest only had the four dancers because uh, you had Chardonnay in the background just holding up the flag. Uh, yeah. But their actual actions were probably the most coordinated. Yeah, they were at a... They were just really funny. They really got into it. I thought it was great. I, I, I thought I, I thought Queen's Quest won. What about you? Uh, I think Oedo Tai took it because I mean, for first for, for 
for the most part because all of their members were involved. Yeah. Uh, they actually danced. They had a nice little section where everyone could do their own individual moves, which was kind of hilarious because the, very few of them actually did like the signature dances you expected. Hannah was doing like a little comedy strut. Uh, it was. It was just. It was. It was actually quite funny. Yeah, and um, the, the the part during. When they were coordinated, that was actually the original, the real dance of the song. Oh, right. Okay. Wow. Uh, I did not know that. Uh, yeah, that'd that be adds, like playing that points for that, me. That'd be like playing Macarena and doing the Macarena. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, but Stardom also came up with an interesting idea, which was a human pyramid, which a four-level human pyramid is no joke. Uh, yeah. It took a while for Mayu to be able to actually scale it. <laughs> and you and you could see the expressions on the people on their faces as they had to hold this position. It yeah. did not look fun, and then they had to look up and smile for the camera shot as well. Yeah, yeah. And they I had admired the, uh... the effort. It wasn't a dance. <laughs> it was not a dance. I felt the worst for the uh, the girls on the left and the right uh, that weren't in the pyramid, uh, but they put people on their shoulders immediately. And then they had to hold them up there for, what, four or five minutes while the pyramid tried to assemble itself? <laughs> I think I'd prefer their job to anything involved in the pyramid. Yeah, yeah. Except, well, I was going to say except for Mayus, but maybe maybe not even that either. Um, she had to scramble oh, up three layers of people. <laughs> she did. And if she messed up, the whole thing goes down. Exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I also noticed, uh, I thought it was cool, the uh, the Queen's Quest, instead of just EO, they all had personalized baseball jerseys. So there was, uh, EO had number 10, because she's the ace. 16 for Azumi, which is her age. 2000 for Momo was her birth year. But I thought that was hilarious to have a four-digit long <laughs> number on the back of the jersey. <laughs> uh, there was 378 for Konami. I don't know what that means. Is that a uh, Japanese area code? I don't know. And, I have uh, no idea. Yeah. B had number 13 because, uh, I guess, the same reason Taz did, because it's number 13. And I have no idea what Chardonnay had, but uh, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, uh, it was uh, you know, in January when Ode Tai got their... Sorry, Oedo Tai, I'm going to do it forever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, got their, uh, their own long flowing robes yes, uh, yeah. specially made. Uh, so this is very much the Queen's Quest equivalent of that. It's a nice piece of merchandise for them, for them all to own and wear to the ring. Yeah, that too. Uh, that too. And, and, of course, Stars had t-shirts printed up. I didn't like their t-shirts. Uh, they had different t-shirts the next night, which were a lot cooler to me. These these shirts were okay. They're all different bright colors. But they have these gigantic stars, obviously, uh, around the collar of the shirt, which made it an immediate no-buy for me. Not buying that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, you're finicky about that stuff then yeah yeah can't do that um but yeah. the show that do, do you ever do you do you ever buy t-shirts with stuff printed on the back <sighs> when my hand is forced um let me think all the wrestling shirts i own i own rick flair because i thought he was gonna die so i bought one of his t-shirts um that's very charitable of yeah you. that was recent that was that was his recent health scare <laughs> i immediately bought a shirt because i thought the man was about to die um, You're not encouraging good behavior here. He's got a lot of wrestlers trying to fake their death to push merch sales. <laughs> Get the sympathy sales. Um, 
I have the uh, the classic Shinsuke Nakamura King of Strong Style. So so far no. And at WrestleMania, I bought a Walter T-shirt. Nothing on the back of that. And uh, I bought a Bruiser Brody T-shirt. Nothing. Yeah. So I don't really do the back of the T-shirt thing. How about you? I I have a brown Kenta shirt from two thousand and six ish. That is the entire patterning is uh, on the back. That's weird. Uh, yeah, I think I also have a Kenta Kabashi shirt with uh, a thing on the front and then a much greater pattern on the back. Uh, and then also something on the sleeve as well. Uh, but yeah, I, I, don't, I haven't worn those in God knows how long. They're deep deep somewhere packed away in my wrestling shirt collection. Yes. Um, uh, but it's not, there, there's nothing I would wear now, but I, I know that some people have a thing about shirts where they have to be in a particular pattern because otherwise they won't wear them. Yeah, I'm not that finicky, but stars are on the collar. Eh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it, would, it wouldn't be my first choice. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so let's get, into, uh, let's get into the card. First match, we get... Uh, and I'll just preface this by saying... The uh, the opening dance battle in the main event were pretty much all that uh, I really enjoyed here. Um, not that I did enjoy <laughs> the rest, but those were by far the two best parts. Um, so let's get into it. There's now Yamaguchi against Leo Onozaki versus Natsumi in a three way battle of the girls that debuted with each other. Yeah, and I really like the fact that now actually got the win with the axe bomber. She did axe bomber. I, I've been looking forward to that, and I like I love the gimmick that she's she's pushing the axe bomber as her finish. So <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's it's a it's uh, it's what the match is what you expect, but it, yeah. it's a, just a nice note for the finish. Yeah. And the other match, uh, the next match was, and I'm sorry if I'm rushing a little bit. Um, no, that's fine. Yeah, the next match is uh, Candy Floss versus Hanan, which Tom brought up earlier was a really good showing for Candy Floss. Yeah, uh, again, I, I I really like Candy Floss, and I, I thought that Hanan did a great job selling for her. So, uh, has some nice hope spots. You know, I'm not going to say it's going to change your world or anything, but it's a fun uh, a fun match to put on a show like this. Yeah. Uh, the next match is She Kid, which is Shiki Shibusawa and Starlight Kid, and they were taking on Kaori Yoniyama and Ruaka. Uh, I don't think we've talked much about Yoniyama on this. Uh, show yet but i'm actually a really big fan of hers at first i wasn't i just thought she uh she looked like an oompa loompa just some small little (laughs) just some small little orange thing and i guess she sort of does look like that but uh when they show you when she gets a chance to actually wrestle good wrestlers eo people like that she is really good um and I guess she's from uh, my Joshi Dark Age, and that's why I didn't already know that. Um, but she's really good, even though she doesn't often get to have the chance to show it. And so she's in a lot of these matches with the young girls, the rookies. And I think that's why is she's a hell of a person to learn how to work a crowd of, crowd from and just learn how to work. Yeah, she has a really nice, nice solid uh, ring style based on intelligence, yeah. which... Is fantastic for playing playing off the young girls because it means that the young girls are being outsmarted, which is fine because that's part of their role. Yeah. They're not being beasted around by somebody who's beyond their power range or whatever. It's 
she's just a really good person to have in those matches teaching those girls uh i'm also a big fan of her i like to the, I like the fact that um as part of uh, as part of stars and as part of jungle uh, she occasionally gets put in those bigger uh, 10-man matches or gets to face off against interesting people and that's when you see her really bust out some interesting uh, upper card stuff. But I, I love her in her role. Yeah, yeah. She is, uh, she's really great. She's very underappreciated in general. Um, yeah, and She Kid is... Uh, they're a pretty long-standing tag team at this point, Shiki and Starlight. They're okay. It's got uh, Shiki's in it, so it's okay. Um, yeah, but it's Starlight's in it as well. So. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, match was fine. Next match, yeah, yeah. Uh, six-man tag match. Stars versus uh, Jungle and, well, okay, so it was Mayu Iwatati, Saki Kashima, and Tom Nakano versus Jungle Kiona, Natsuka Toro, Natsuko Tora, and Mary Apache. And uh, Team Jungle was very thrilled that Mary would do the Jungle Jungle pre-match uh, scream with them. They were very happy about that. Um, <laughs> well, normally whenever they try to do it, whoever whoever they're teaming with just gives them a look. Just uh, they are not going to do this. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. But it's I, 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 you know the match was fine. I think the main point about it is that it fits the larger narrative about Jungle and her dissatisfaction with stars. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, it it it's just a it's just an ongoing thing that fits throughout all these shows that Jungle is becoming more and more. Dis- she's looking for something more than just being just another member of Stars. Yeah, uh, and which Tora. I think she she has earned. Yeah, Natsuka Tora as well. Uh, she was the one after the match that was extremely upset because close to the finish, one of the spots was uh, her against the three Stars members, and instead of you know the usual spot where three man super three woman super kick something like that they each took a turn slapping her in the face and she was really pissed off about this yeah she's actually almost the thing that eggs jungle on yeah in a lot of ways in these situations they 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 share mic time jungle might be the one who gets more attention but i love the fact that natsukator is also getting this role yeah, and uh, and and being allowed to have her own agency rather than just being Jungle's tag partner. Absolutely, because uh, speaking of underrated again, I think Tora is. Um, I think she's really talented. Yeah, I, I, I honestly, I didn't pay much attention to her work up until the point where her and Jungle were challenging for the tag team titles. And around that time, when they started putting putting together some wins, I really started to notice how hard she works. Um, yeah, you know, she is. I think she's a fitting tag partner for Jungle, and I really, I really do like, uh, I like how how much effort she puts into her performances and how competent she is. And I'm not just saying competent in a meets bare minimum. I mean she's she's good. She's actively good. Yeah, she's very, she's very good. I, I like her a yeah. lot. Yeah. Um. Okay. So yeah, that was a good match. Stars won. Tora was angry after the match. Jungle tried to console her, and Tora wouldn't even have that. She just pushed her away and walked off, and Jungle walked after her. So, not all smiles and stars. Okay, so the next match is going to be a European rounds match. Uh, Chardonnay versus Martina. This was a pure comedy match. It was almost a farce, to be honest. I uh... Yeah. 
I thought it was a shame because I was expecting some smart comedy spots and stuff, but by the second round, I think they ran out of ideas. And yeah. the fact that it ended in just a complete schmoz, I mean, that, that has been happening a little bit more in stardom lately, but it doesn't mean I like it. So I, I I was disappointed, honestly. Yeah, so was I. I. Uh, it wasn't as funny or as good as I thought it'd be. I mean, it was there, but they just kept doing sort of like the same jokes over and over and over. I don't know. It was whatever. Yeah, Martina's shtick about sort of thinking and trying to remember how to be a technical wrestler can work uh, in a lot of examples, but I think it feels better if it's more off the cuff yeah. than trying to build a match around it yeah uh yeah i I actively didn't like this so yeah yeah and uh chardonnay squashed her just like mark uh just like b Priestley did so there you go um okay so moving on we are already to the final match this is uh an elimination 10-man tag oedo tie versus queen's quest oedo tie in this instance consists of Brandy Rhodes, Hanakamura, Hazuki, Kagetsu, and Natsu Sumire. And Queen's Quest here is Io Shirai, Konami, Momo Watanabe, Azumi, and B. Priestley. This, um, there's been a lot of Oedo Tai vs. Queen's Quest. Uh, this was up there as one of the best to me. I thought this was really, really well done. They went about almost 25 minutes. They went 23 minutes. Um, and I just thought this was really good outside of, hate to say it again, but <laughs> outside of the Brandy Rhodes parts, <laughs> um, where she just, for some reason, wanted to throw herself down on her right shoulder repeatedly. Um, it was fine. It was really, yeah. it wasn't fine. It was excellent. I, I thought this was a great match. Yeah, I love the elimination uh, format in Stardom. It's, these are some of my absolute favorite matches. Uh, this was Azumi. This was all about Hazuki. I I felt like oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, to start off, uh, Azumi being pinned by Brandy offended me in a way that Brandy pinning Natsu did not. Yeah, same with me. Uh, I I as soon as Brandy uh, got that on Azumi, uh, I was not happy. I will say these Stardom girls take the hell out of the crossroads. Eo bumped like practically straight down onto her head on the uh the previous show that was that she took that move maybe better than you know 99 percent of everyone else has ever taken the crossroads so these girls really yeah. bump for that move uh but as to the actual content of the match because frankly we've spoken about enough about brandy this this week yes uh you've really got the feel off the back of this that hazuki versus momo could be a defining feud for both of them yeah um and it was important that Hazuki got the first win here. Yeah, it could as well. It could be uh, next generation's Eo versus Mayu. Yeah, um, I think in the, in much the same way as Oedo Tai turned on Tam uh, after she was forced out, Queen's Quest is now turning on Hazuki, and I think it gets Hazuki a lot of sympathy. It does. I think it Hazuki feels like she's the one who was wronged here because. Uh, it's not again in the same way as Tam. It's not her fault at all that she is now in in another group. Yeah, but but it's in the nature of Queen's Quest to be uh, super competitive and not hugely sympathetic towards their opponents. Yeah, um, Hazuki's wound up on the wrong side of the lines. Yeah, and to top that off, 
Oedo Tai are just the most fun. And even though they were kind of mean to her to start with, the fact that they've accepted her now, this was the moment when you really feel like Kazuki finally just slotted straight into Oedo Tai. Yep. Uh, I, I believe she even hit Io with the board. Yeah, she did. She did later in the match. That was incredible when that happened to me. I couldn't believe she did that. Because they had been doing the slow thing where she won't participate in any of the nonsense. and She won't uh, go after cheap shots or EO or anything. And then you get the last match, uh, or the last show, where her and Hana finally become friends. And then this was the story of Hazuki being fully out of Queen's Quest and fully in Oedotai. And it was really well told. Yeah, and you can tell that she's just she's part of this group now. She's just going to have fun with it. And she's seen what being part of Queen's Quest gets you, and that is, you know, eclipsed by somebody who's younger than you in a lot of ways. Yeah. Uh she can have legitimate bitterness against Momo for that even before she was ejected from the group. Yeah. Uh or not even ejected, but still failed to uh, Io prioritized Azumi and Momo ahead of Hazuki. Yeah, she did. Uh, and even though Oedo Tai are the ones who have done her wrong, she still feels like they are more on her side. And I love this group. I love the, I love the new makeup of Oedo Tai. And I'm really excited to see where Hazuki goes from this because I was never the biggest fan of her before. Yeah. But I think that this is the same as Konami. It's it's the energy that she's going to need to do something more interesting. Yeah. Konami, like you say, she's uh, she's got a renewed fire in her that she hasn't had in a long time, at least on stardom cards. And Hazuki has the same. I was a big fan of hers, actually, when I first started watching stardom, which was, you know, uh, right after Queen's Quest formed, and she was part of that. Um, and I loved her then. But eventually, I don't know if she got complacent or bored, but... Even though she's always been a really good wrestler, it just I just didn't really care. And now I care a lot. I watch I might be looking at her more than anyone else lately in the in all these uh matches and Oedo Tai segments just because I love seeing her slowly become pure Oedo Tai. Um, and she's also switched up her gear at this point as well. Well, you do you think because I'm not sure. She's still... She's wrestling in leather pants and a uh, cut-off t-shirt. Is that really going to be her but, gear? Well, I mean, that was... Uh, for one for one show, that was uh, also Now's gear. That's true. Uh, which, uh, And I think that that's the fact that... Uh, I, the way I saw it, Hazuki taking up that gear is part of the reason that Now has now switched to something else. Which, again, is just a t-shirt and, uh, and, and, and pants, basically underpants but yeah. whatever uh yeah it, so maybe this is where hazuki will just go with more of a street look that would be cool i was just thinking you know she just didn't have her new gear ready yet but if she does wrestle in this it looks cool as hell so yeah uh if she if she, if she goes something else that's fine but i think it's, it was important that she step away from that uh, queen's quest look yeah and now no more wearing animal print which is a queen's quest thing <laughs> <laughs> um okay so the eliminations we already talked about Brandy eliminating Azumi. After that, uh, Momo got to stay strong. She illuminate, illuminated. She eliminated Natsu Sumire and Brandy, um, almost back to back. 
And then after that, you had Hazuki. She got her shine. She eliminated Momo and Konami. Uh, after that, B Priestley got hers. Um, she eliminated Hazuki. And then uh, she and Hana both both were eliminated, which left uh, Kagetsu and Neo to have a great little showdown to uh, tease the main event of the next show. Yeah, uh, this like you say, this set up a lot of, a lot of matches because we have a lot of potential singles action between Hazuki and the various members of Queen's Quest, uh, ranging from uh, her the members who were there when she was there to B and Konami. They both feel like they're good potential singles opponents for Hazuki. Yep. Uh, I I also liked how uh, B and Eo worked against Kagetsu and Hana. That felt like it was a potential tag team challenge. Absolutely, I thought that too. Yeah. Uh, but of course, when it finally comes down to the end, Eo versus Kagetsu is never, you know, I think it had to come down to that just to set up the white belt match as well. Yeah. And uh, based on that, uh, Kagetsu had to win. Yeah, she did. Um. I will say it felt a little weird when it came down to that uh, that tag setup, and it was EO and B. But B, that's B's place on the card. She's very high up on the card. I, I thought it would be more natural for EO and Momo, but I guess since they have that coming up, they couldn't really do that. Yeah, and I, I do feel like it's nice to elevate, uh, keep elevating B and... I think putting in her in potential tag team matches where she has to work alongside Io is also going to be very helpful to her. Or against Kagetsu, that'll help too. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, being a being a being a player in that scenario, Momo doesn't need it right now. True. True so. she doesn't. Okay. Well, that was the uh, Oedo Tai produced show. The next show and the final show we'll review today uh, is going to be the Queen's Quest show. This was uh, at Shinkiba First Ring um, on May 5th, and we will jump right into it. Uh, Kaori Kaori Yoniyama defeated Hanan and Leo Onozaki. Um, I did watch this because I, you know, I like seeing Yoniyama work with the young rookies, and it was pretty good. Hanan always looks good. Leo's got a lot of potential. She, she never looks bad, but she, she looks like a rookie. So, but it was good. Did you watch this one? She, I did. Yeah, uh, I like watching Leo just because it's not like she has the most athletic style, but she has that straight ahead. Uh, I love the fact that she's relatively undersized even for this roster, but she has that straight ahead um, signature forearms to the chest, which yeah. yeah, everyone has, but that feels like she's made it hers. Um, yes, she hit. She does. I, I've, in, she I've, really... in, I've ripped. Uh, I, I, I've just I've enjoyed her work so far on the roster, and I'm looking forward to seeing what else she develops as part of her uh, repertoire. Uh, I also I like the finish here because I've seen Yonayama try to pull out the double roll up pin before. Uh, this is the first time I've seen her actually pin two people at the same time with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, things happen to these young wrestlers. Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> I thought that was funny. If it was not young wrestlers, my god, that would be quite a way to bury some people. Uh, anyhow, that's not what it was here. It was really cool. Next match, the first of two six uh, six man tag matches. This was Mari Mary Apache and her daughter Natsumi teaming with Ruaka, 
And they went against the Oedo Tai lineup of Martina, uh, Natsu Sumire, and now Yamaguchi. I have almost no thoughts on this. Uh, <laughs> I have almost equally no thoughts on this, yeah. I, th- I thought there was, uh, there's a nice... Um, I like now uh, almost working a... Uh, she was going at uh, Mari Apache with the clothes lines, and then Mari responds with one of her signature just oh, absolutely yeah. lev- leveling clothes lines, which is just fantastic. Yeah, that was that was uh, a fun spot. Yeah. But uh, aside from that, I'm not really sure there was much here uh, yeah. to that was really noteworthy. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm with you 100% on all that. So we'll move on to the next six man. Another 080 tie lineup. This time, the working through the pain, Brandy Rhodes, teams with Hanakamura and Hazuki. And they, uh, they went up against, excuse me, Team Jungle, which was Jungle Kiona, Natsuka Tora. And this time it was uh, Shiki Shibusawa. And this made uh, two shows in a row where they got uh, somebody to jungle jungle along with them in the pre-batch promo. <laughs> uh, although Shiki did about the most uncoordinated version of this possible. <laughs> it was very interesting. Um, match was fine. Um, yeah, it was fine. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, it was more notable for uh, other reasons. Um, what do you think of the match? Again, it's this was just a pretext for more Jungle Stars tension. Exactly. Uh, you know, it's not like this is again. This is not going to that's going to change your world. I think Shiki was the ideal partner for Jungle at this point because she's a bit oblivious. Yeah. Uh, which again shows up later on this card as well. Yeah. Uh, but you know, there's there's not much here unless you're really into the Jungle story, which I am. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's. And I, I'm going to watch it anytime Hana and Hazuki team up for a while, so... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, next we have a 10-man tag match. This was Queen's Quest. This version of Queen's Quest, uh, I believe, was the same, except replacing uh, Io with Chardonnay. So you had Azumi, B, Chardonnay, Konami, and Momo against... Uh, I guess this is... Yeah, this is All-Stars roster. Uh, Candy Floss, Mayu Iwatani, Saki Kashima, Starlight Kid, and Tom Nakano. And uh, it was... It was fun. <laughs> I don't have many thoughts on this match either. Uh, it was really cool to see a, a Queen's Quest group being effectively led by Momo. That's true. That was cool. And actually... This is, the, the absence of Hazuki is really just basically make, makes Momo uh, the the secondary figure. Yeah, uh, after EO. And actually, you saying that brought, brings me back to the uh, earlier jungle match. I thought it was really cool. Uh, Oedo Tai did their dance, and Hazuki led the dance and did Kagetsu's part. And I really enjoyed that. I forgot about that. Ah, yes. That's the first time that they've done a dance without Kagetsu. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Which is notable. Yeah, and Hazuki looked perfectly good leading it. Yeah, uh, again... Uh, but, Spot on, yeah. It's uh, showing both of these girls growing into their new roles. Yeah, uh, which really shows how effectively this draft was booked. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't uh, booked how anybody expected, but it's having great results. Uh, it was nice to see Konami in her new gear. Yeah, uh, which yeah. is a which is a, a very subtle upgrade. Uh, basically, it's almost the same except she's got rid of the one one uh, one trouser leg look. Yeah. Um, well, and she's. I uh, expect the 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 tiny trim. Is no longer silver. Now it's animal print. Uh, 
Yes. Uh, I expect B Priestley to have new Queen's Quest gear next tour, since she is, uh, again, Will Ospreay's girlfriend, and they both make a decent deal about selling their old gear online. Yeah. And thus, they want to buy new gear as regularly as possible. I saw that uh, B was already selling her gear from her last Stardom tour. Yeah. So I imagine she's basically just going to have a new set of gear every tour. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So if she's going to stay in Queen's Quest, I imagine we're going to be seeing Animal Print B relatively quickly. Yeah, I wonder if Chardonnay will do it. She probably will. Probably, although in her case, it's more more the case of I just got this brand new gear and it looks really cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got this entrance sleeve and everything. Yeah, I got this sleeve for my arm. <laughs> um, all right, the next match uh, was this is the type of match. It was the costume battle. <laughs> this is the type of thing that really makes me love stardom, and you're not going to get it in any other promotion anywhere and i watch a lot of promotions and tom watches even more and you're just not going to get this anywhere and i i just i love it it's great yeah basically what they did was they pulled out a big old rusty trunk which is from the the back of their back of the old stardom gym right opened it up and said we got to this gear take what you like yeah <laughs> and so you wind up with this ragtag series of impersonations of other star, stardom wrestlers uh, based on based on 90% based on the idea of whose gear can I fit into. Yes, yeah, that was, yeah. Which is why you wind up with uh, two Mayu Iwatanis and, uh, and two Mari Apaches. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I must point out at this point, I really liked the fact that Yoniyama was one of the Apaches and did like very blatant makeup contouring her nose to make it look like Mari's nose. Yes. <laughs> uh, I don't think we can go through every single one of these people, but I right. think we should look at some highlights. Definitely. Um, Firstly, um, I uh, go ahead. What was your uh, pick, pick out a couple of fun ones. Okay. The ones I really, really liked. I thought Chardonnay did an excellent session moth Martina. I thought that was great. Um, <laughs> She did. She did the whole entrance gear, or obviously the gear, but the entire entrance routine, and acted like her in the match. And I just thought she did a really good job. Um, okay, my two standouts here. Uh, well, there were three. Okay, so we'll start with number three. Momo Watanabe did a hell of an Yoshirai. Oh, she did. <laughs> she. she- it felt like she did something with her hair between that the last match and this match. Her hair isn't usually down. Yeah. And so with it down, she just like a dead ringer. Yeah. And she she was at, she didn't do the moonsault, but she did just about everything else and it was really great. Um Well, she did a a a very awkward little backwards roll. Uh yeah, for, th- that was it funny. tried to imitate one of the more uh uh gymnastic moves, but it was yeah. it was meant to be that way. So. Well, that was how uh Hana Kimura she was one version of Mayu, and she did the thing where uh, Mayu jumps from the ring to one rope to another rope and does an arm drag, except it took her probably 30 seconds to do it all because she was not going to jump. She was going to slowly go place to place. And it, I, I thought that was really funny. Um, well, it wasn't, just, it, was, it wasn't just the fact that she was doing it like poorly. It was, it was a deliberate, exactly. sarcastic Mayu impersonation. Exactly. It was the slowest 
clumsiest lucha and she was basically and, and she spent the entire time also making the cat gesture yeah. uh as well which is flipping hilarious i mean yeah. uh I, I love the fact that her and shiki were both dressed as mayu yeah. and again she, shiki's oblivious so when hannah wearing the wearing the tiger mask is like doing all the 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 gestures and stuff she's doing it to like make fun of mayu and shiki's just making the same gestures and just thinking isn't this fun yeah, yeah. <laughs> this but is uh yeah, yeah uh okay. just hannah doing hannah was deliberately awful in this match and it was hilarious exactly yeah so okay number two for me jungle kiona's impersonation of shiki shibusawa <laughs> was about as perfect as it gets she was adorable. <laughs> she she had the the you know the awkward flailing arms that don't really ha- have minds of their own or something. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she did the double wave thing uh, with her two hands. Uh, just she nailed Shiki Shibusawa, and I thought it was really funny. My my favorite part was when she did her charge into the corner uh, and just stopped directly root in front of the person and then delivered the the uh the the, the, the worst elbow. forearm yeah the worst forearm yeah it was it was it was spot on it was fantastic yeah yeah uh and she looked almost nothing like herself as well because you know changing the hair slightly uh yeah it's sort of like look at her and just think oh it's jungle yeah <laughs> <laughs> it, it takes you a few seconds to yeah. realize it but yeah. but she, she was uh she was very into uh a loving homage, as yeah. opposed to Hannah's sort of crushing, uh, you know, Mayu uh, mockery. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So Jungle was number two. I, I thought that was so per- She did perfect. Speaking of perfect, number one, I don't see how anyone could argue, was Mayu Iwata- Iwatani portraying Kagetsu. Uh, totally she- agree. Yeah. She did every single thing perfectly from... How she came to the ring uh, and interacted with the fans as she walked around the ring. Um, she did all her different spots. Of course, Mayu's the one, the only one in the match who's going to go 100% all out to do these other people's moves. Nobody else did that. Mayu did. <laughs> um, and she did all of her spots and moves, uh, and she did them all perfectly. She yelled at people exactly the same way as Kagetsu did. It was a spot-on imp- impersonation. I, I don't speak Japanese, but I could just... It was it was Kagetsu's exact tone. Yeah, like when she... There's a spot at the beginning where they're all brawling, and there's, there's just no way this is going to work as a match. So Mayu's outside the ring, grabs the mic, and yells. And they translate what she said, but it doesn't matter. As soon as she started yelling, I thought Kagetsu would come to the ringside. I was like, is that... <laughs> just by the voice she even got her voice perfect in all her various intonations yeah uh oh and 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 the best part as well was the fact that she did an homage to uh kagetsu's obsession with that toy truck <laughs> yeah the toy truck it's like there's one promo from one show like a month ago where kagetsu is just like having fun by pointing out how awesome this little wind-up toy truck is and the first thing that mayu does when she walks out onto the ramp is put down this truck it starts (laughs) to go around in circles and she starts dancing with joy yeah she's just so happy about this truck absolutely it was so hilarious it was fantastic yeah Uh, but also the fact that mayu i mean it wasn't just that she 
she looked really cool. Yeah, as Kagetsu. Yeah, it's like you you could totally see like a future version of Mayu looking like this, and it would just be like the most awesome thing. Like yeah. I want to see a heel Mayu. I mean, I don't want to see it, but I want to see it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, some other standouts for me. Okay, Konami is uh, Hiromi was great, and mm. Starlight Kid and Azumi. I believe I predicted this last show uh, were each other, and that was really cool. Um, what were your standouts? Uh, I'm just trying to think of it. I, I, you've basically mentioned most of them. Uh, there were, I, I did like the fact that, uh, uh, well, not like so much, but it was notable that uh, Now and Tam doing Team Jungle were yeah. kind of, uh, Tam was doing was wearing like Jungle Kiona's old leafy gear. Yeah, like uh, the original the t- gear. Yeah, but, uh, but Now and Tam were sort of looking back and forth at each other and sort of doing this like the ape-like jumping and walking and like <laughs> mocking Team Jungle. Yeah, they just like, do the monkey I, I thing get, a lot. I, I get it from now, but from Tam, it just seems really mean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They kept doing the, the uh, like, little gorilla poses at each other. It's funny. Yeah. Uh, and I, th- I think the ones that, uh, aside from, obviously, uh, Mayu as Kagetsu, which got a great reaction, uh, as well as... Uh, as Momo as as Eo because it was so perfect. The yeah. ones that sort of got the crowd, ooh, you look good in that response. Were probably B Priestley as uh, Hannah, yeah, and uh, Candy Floss as uh, as Natsu Samire. Yes, the crowd popped for that. They really liked it a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was def- it was definitely a case of yeah, you could you could wear that regularly. That would be fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> go, go for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think uh, B was particularly pleased with uh, with the particularly pleased with being able to wear that sort of a- wear that outfit. She was yeah. uh, she was very proud of that on social media later. Yeah, um, and I thought another thing was funny was the crowd themselves, where it was these wrestlers as other wrestlers, and the crowd was calling out for them, but as the other person. So that's a complicated way to say the crowd would go. <laughs> Hana! And they would actually not be talking to Hana as Mayu, but to be as Hana. I thought that was really amusing. I, don't know. I thought that really influenced the final sequence as well, because ordinarily, if Mayu's in the ring, you'd expect a lot of Mayu chants. But because yeah. it was Kagetsu, who doesn't really get Kagetsu chants, yes. it, it wound up being defaulting to people chanting from Io, who was Momo. Yeah. 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 Uh, I think it was also interesting that the uh, the mat, the prior match was uh, you had quite a lot of uh, Mayu versus Momo interaction in that one as well, uh, yeah. and they just sort of wind up repeating it for the finish here. Uh, I think that there's definitely going to be some potential going forward with those two, although for the love of God, uh, I can't imagine how much damage they could do to each other. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I think the result was the right one, just because. It was so perfect, uh, Mayu as Kagetsu. It was such a good impression. It was like, if you'd left this open to vote to to the judges' votes, there's no way anyone else could have won. So she might as well win yeah. the match. Yeah, and it was nice and- to uh, sort of in a Hana esque way, as you were describing earlier. Uh, Mayu gets the win, goes to do the Oedo Tai Kagetsu dance, do- does it absolutely perfectly until it's time for the reverse hand flip, handstand flip thing, and just. 
gets herself up in the air on one arm and just completely collapses. <laughs> it's it really good. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think I've seen many more fun things in wrestling this year. I mean, it's a 30-minute um, uh, video file and I think 15 minutes is entrance. In, in yes. that way, it's a bit like the old uh, gimmick battle royal from WrestleMania X7. But yeah, it yeah. doesn't make it any less fun, and and it's surprisingly well structured considering the chaos it looked like it was going to be. Yeah, uh, if if you've seen a lot of Japanese battle royals, this is they're they're always comedy, and this was comedy. Yeah, done right, done right, exactly. Because I am among people that know me, at least I am known for not really liking comedy and wrestling, but this was uh, this was so good, so good. Um. All right, you want to move on to the main event, or you got anything left on the costume battle royal? <laughs> I think we've set set our piece on that. Okay. It's just good, good, honest, clean fun. Yeah, that you can't absolutely. possibly explain. You, you can't possibly show this to somebody who's not an intense stardom fan and expect them to understand any of it. <laughs> That's also true. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 this is not the place to introduce new fans. <laughs> you, you don't start here. Um, yeah. Okay, so the main event. I. Uh, actually just watched this before we started recording because it just got uploaded this morning um, in uh, U.S. Eastern Time. Uh, Io Shirai versus Kagetsu. Now, this match, uh, the pre-match promos, they both made their points. Uh, Kagetsu was very serious to start this. She, uh, Her pre-match promo was, I've fought Io three times so far. This is going to be the fourth, and I've never beaten her. So it's time to go to work. Io's promo was, I have nine wins with the white belt that ties the record. I want number 10. I want that record. She went out. Match starts. No bullshit from Gagetsu. Doesn't walk around the ring. She goes straight into the ring, stands on the corner. There she is. She's even using her own music. Even using her actual music. Yeah, that was her, very her, notable. Her solo too. theme. I yeah, don't think was... I've even heard it before. I heard it because I saw the uh, the Kagetsu Produce show, the independent show she ran last year. Oh I yes, I, I remember that. Yes, yeah. yeah so I believe that was the first time. First time that was the first time I saw Hannah Kimura as a face. Oh yeah, so, yeah. Uh, but yes, uh, I, I, but it's the first time I've heard her as, a, as an Ode as an Oedo Tai um, leader using different music. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, so yeah. Both competitors really wanted this match. And it was really good. It was based around Kagetsu working the leg. Uh, Io worked the leg a bit also, but not... She's the babyface by de facto here, so most of the time was uh, her selling and Kagetsu working that. Um, some really excellent offense. I like the first time Kagetsu threw Io out of the ring, and uh, I don't really understand what she said but it was something like uh aren't you supposed to be the champ you need to get back in here and eo's like laying on the ring or laying on the floor outside the ring practically in tears from having her leg worked so hard i thought that was really well done i like that spot um yeah so guide us through this match tom sure uh well it, like you say it was mostly based around the knee which is perfect strategy because you know, Io does a lot of stuff based around her ability to fly and create separation. 
uh, and Io is also one of the best sellers in the entire business. Yeah. The number of times I've seen her roll to the outside of the ring, and genuinely, I've been thinking, "Oh Jesus, yeah, is she all right? Did she really get hurt like, there? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it. She never does, but it's like, it's it's like the Momo match again, where I thought she lost half her teeth. Like, <laughs> yeah, that 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 reminds me a lot of. Uh, this is just a random thought, but that used to happen when Shawn Michaels came back. Um, every time he would pretend to get hurt, like actually hurt, people would just buy it hook, line, and sinker. And that is what EO does now. Mm. I think that's a touch of what Brian's trying to do with his uh, mock head injury thing. Yes. But I think it's le- I think people are a bit too serious about it to be to appreciate it in the way he means it, I think, if you know what I mean. It's a, it's a bit too close to the bone. But uh, yeah, this is basically, uh, like I say, based around the fact that uh, Kagetsu was just trying to ground Io, but once Io got to the point where she was once again creating enough separation to dodge dodge moves, I think by the time she dodged the mist, there was a real momentum to her movement. Yeah. Uh, and that, and that, that wrist clutch knee to the face is absolutely devastating it's ridiculous. Uh, that that's that's the point where she usually just has completely regained the momentum um there was a ref bump that i wasn't really needed aside from the fact i think they wanted to let kagetsu save face yeah uh but you know so the first 450 resulted in what looked like a pinfall but there was no ref second ref comes down uh we get a second 450 but io gets her knees up uh, sells the knee massively, but then manages to line up two moonsaults for the win. Yeah. A genuinely excellent main event. Really was... It was excellent. I liked the little touch where uh, EO did her usual spot where she gets thrown into the ropes, comes off with a cartwheel, backflip, blah, blah, blah. But she lands off the backflip and her knee gave out. And that was really well done. Yeah, you've seen a, a couple of spots along those lines. I think Will Ospreay's done that a couple of times, but uh, yeah. I think again, Io is so good at it that it just it felt like she just crumpled. Yeah, uh, she she's one of the best sellers in the business. Yeah, she really is. So, uh, but uh, I didn't. I was honestly surprised that this was Kagetsu's first uh, white belt shot during this reign. Uh, given the fact that they have faced each other quite a few times, and I feel like this is one of the main rivalries in stardom. Uh, I also, I didn't feel like there was much seriousness to it, because EO versus Momo is the match they're building to. So it felt like this was just a main event to occupy space to give this show a, a quality match. Yeah, the timing. I think was a, it's a little bit of a disservice to Gagetsu. Yeah, the timing was really unfortunate with all that. Yeah, if I was going to rebook this, I probably would have made somebody else challenge uh, challenge Io instead. I, yeah, I agree. Because now uh, Kagetsu is serious. She got her three losses in a row. Well, you got serious about it, and you lost a fourth time. So where do we go from here? And that ties back to a long time ago, where I said I wanted to hold it for later. Um I predict that Momo wins the white belt and uh, from EO, and that frees up EO. However, EO, I think, is going to be challenger to Kagetsu, who I think Kagetsu beats Tony. This allows Kagetsu, because uh, I don't know 
were you watching when Kagetsu was challenging Mayu all the time also? Because she challenged Mayu all the time, and then she moved on to challenge Io all the time. And she just eats pins constantly in all of these. And eventually, that it's going to have to stop eventually. She can't just keep losing to the top two baby faces re- repeatedly. Yeah, I, I certainly I felt like she retains more of her aura working with Mayu just because she beat the absolute ever-loving shit out of Mayu. Well, yeah, lot. hanging her out of... <laughs> hanging her off balconies and throwing entrance riggings on her, things like that, yeah. But I think you're right. If if she wins the red belt, it's like, she, with her character, unlike Momo, it does feel like she's wiping clean these losses because she can say, well, I didn't beat you for that, but I won this match that matters more. I won this belt that matters more. If Kagetsu can also say that she managed to almost chase Tony Storm out of stardom, if that's where that's going to go, that- then... That that just adds to something she can brag about. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, if Io wins the title, uh, that's her third reign. Um, and even though it is guaranteed great matches, it might be a little much. Uh, the other option, of course, is Mayu, but I think Mayu's the classic baby face where, A, she doesn't need the title. She's already incredibly over, maybe the most over person in the promotion. Um and she just doesn't need the title. She's she's more suited for the chase. Also, I think that Mayu's possibly set up to take on Momo. That would be... I didn't even consider that. That would be a hell of a series of matches. Given their interaction on this show, I think it, I think they're testing it. So uh, I, I, I would greatly look forward to that. So. Yeah. yeah. So of these three shows, which ones did you prefer most? I preferred the Queen's Quest show the most. Just yeah, uh, purely on the strength of the battle royal in the main event. I can totally see that. I think that the the Cinderella tournament sounds intimidating, but I think it's it's actually a pretty easy watch. The matches um, are ultra short. Yeah, they're they're short, quick matches. It's well told story. Uh, I, I enjoyed the show as a whole. Uh, the Odyssey produce felt a little a little bit weak. Yeah. Um I I liked I I liked some of the matches individually, but it was it was you know, beyond that uh, elimination match. I don't think there's a huge amount there that you really need to step out of your way to see. Yeah, I mean the the, the uh, dance battle's funny, but I think the dance battle when it comes down to well, once we've seen the Jankin tournament, we've and we've seen the three special attractions for these three shows, the dance battle is going to be the least of them. Oh yeah. Um I think the Queen's Quest Produce show had the funniest special special attraction. It had uh, a couple of really good matches. Yeah. Uh, and I mean that that main that main event is probably the best singles match of the of the group of shows. I mean, not probably it was. Yeah, it was. There's no question. Yeah. So and Cinderella could have had some to beat it if they'd gone longer, but again, Cinderella those matches are not long, so it it didn't get the chance. So, what's your pick for the best three? Best of the three? Oh, definitely the same. Oh, the sorry. same. Uh, okay, I thought sorry. you were. I, I, I thought, thought you were. I, I thought that up, made that clear. No, I thought you were no. leading up to disagree with me. I apologize. <laughs> no, no, no. I com- I completely agree with you. It's it, the Queen's Quest show was uh, absolutely the best of the best of the bunch. Yeah. Uh, but well, I think all the shows have something to recommend them. So. Oh, absolutely. So uh, to conclude this little stardom, well, little majority of our podcast stardom section. Uh, let's take a look at the upcoming uh, Stardom, uh, sorry, Stars Produce Show, just briefly. 
Uh, have we got a, uh, a short, spoiler-free match listing? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's the final show of the Golden Week shows. Uh, so, first match is going to be another rookie match. It's Hanan versus Onozaki versus Now. We get a future stardom title match that I think could be a sleeper. Uh, Starlight Kid versus Ruaka. Ruaka's really good, and Starlight Kid is obviously really good. We get an eight-man tag, eight-man tag match of uh, Oedo Tai versus Queen's Quest. Um, yeah, and in this case, I guess we should specify since there's going to be another one of those. This one is Oedo Tai of Brandy, Hana, Martina, and Natsu. Versus a Queen's Quest of Azumi B. Chardonnay and Konami. And I'm going to do this out of order. But there's a reason. Uh, the main event is going to be a 10-man elimination tag. But this time it's uh, going to be Candy Floss, Jungle, Kaori, Mary, Apache, and uh, Natsukatora versus Mayu, Natsumi, Saki, Shiki, and Tom. And I don't mean to disrespect them, but the match before that is the match I looked forward to more than anything else on all the matches uh, from Golden Week because it is the match I looked forward to the most out of this entire show. It is Oedo Tai, non-tag team title match of Hazuki and Kagetsu against Queen's Quest of Io and Momo. And I just think this is going to be... I think it's going to bring down the house. I have extremely high hopes for this match. I think as we've already emphasized, Suzuki and Momo, uh, Io and Kagetsu, there's a wonderful symmetry there. Yeah. Uh, and initially you might look at the card and say, well, why don't they just make the uh, eight-man tag team match a 12 tag team match? But uh, th- this is the, this tag match is going to be something special. Yeah. And it doesn't need to be buried with everything else. Yeah. So and I, I, lo- I love the stars booking as well, where it's... Uh, They've basically just thrown all thrown their two factions who hate each other who 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 are competing against each other, and Stars is just going to have their own match. Yeah, they'll do their own thing. Although I I get the feeling it's going to blow up slightly in their face, given the fact that it's effectively Team Jungle versus yeah uh, Stars. So. Yeah, they might not have picked that uh, that lineup very well. Um, I'm excited because uh, this is going to be the first time we get to see the tag team of Hazuki and Kagetsu also. It'll be cool to see them work together. Yeah, especially because Kagetsu was deliberately in Hazuki's corner as well during the uh, uh, during the Cinderella tournament. Uh, I, I really feel like they're going to form a, form a good bond, and if, if Hazuki gets more Kagetsu-ish, yes, <laughs> uh, as time goes on, I like that. Uh, I like that word. I hope I myself, Justin, I hope I myself can become more Kagetsu-ish. And it starts with one contact lens. That's right. That's right. I gotta get we didn't mention actually, did we, that uh, Kage- Kage- uh, Kageko actually retained the contact lens. She did. She did. Which made it even more unnerving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, they are twins after all. Oh, sure. Yeah. They should have it in the other opposite eyes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So. Uh, and uh, of course, upcoming, we have a Corican Hall show on May 23rd. Uh, which is the the show that features Io Shirai versus Momo Watanabe for the Wonder of Stardom title. That's going to be worth checking out. Uh, also on that show, we have Mayu, Saki, uh, Tam Nakano and Shiki versus Kagetsu, Hazuki, Hana and Natsu Samire. Uh, we have a tag match of Jungle Kiona and Natsukatora versus Konami and Azumi. 
we have another tag match of Starlight Kid and Candy Floss versus Martina and Now. Mm. That should be odd. Yes, yes. I love those first three matches you you brought up, though. Those yeah. are all really good. I, uh, doing this in reverse order isn't helping to emphasize how good this card looks, but right. still. Uh, and in a somewhat odd occurrence, we have a five-way match to open the card. Uh, Kari Yanuyama, uh sorry, Yonayama, uh, Roaka, Leo Onazaki, Hanan, and the incoming Zoe Lucas. Hey. Yeah. Uh, who I have seen before, but I can't remember exactly where. Yeah, I just saw her live uh, and, uh, on the New Orleans WrestleMania Shimmer Show, Shimmer 100. I just yeah. saw her there. Um, she wasn't great her first time in stardom. This is not her first time. Um, so I'm just hoping for the best this time. Cool. Well, I, I like I say, I've I've seen her somewhere before, but I can't. Uh, was she been in progress or something? Mm. It doesn't matter. Uh, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm always interested in seeing what new new talent can do. Absolutely. And of course, uh, because we're doing all this in reverse order, as I read Stardom's Twitter, there's a card on the twentieth featuring uh, Queen's Quest versus Queen's Quest. So that's Iyashiro and Izumi versus Momo and Konami. I like that team. Uh, we have a pure team jungle of Jungle Kiona, uh, Kaori Yoniyama, and Ruaka versus Kagetsu, Natsu, and Now. Uh, we have Mayu and Saki versus Hazuki and Martina. And I kind of love the idea of seeing Mayu and Martina interacting. Yes. Uh, we have Shikid versus Natsukotora and Leo Onazaki. And we have uh, Hanan and Tam Nakano versus Zoe Lucas and Candy Floss. And the match that made me remember that this card is happening, we have Rina versus Hina. Yeah. Yeah, the little, uh, what are they, like eight years old or something? I think they're somewhere, I, I genuinely have no idea. I think they're maybe like ten or something. But yeah, yeah they are, they're Hanan's little sisters. So. Yeah, yeah. if you've watched Stardom before, they're the two little girls that usually accompany her to the ring. And have have on one occasion had a match against her. Yes. Which yes. They, they, t- they teamed up on her, which was hilarious. Yeah, that was, that was a fun match. <laughs> uh, so, yes, it's uh, going to be an interesting month for Stardom. So plenty more to look forward to. Absolutely. Um, next, uh, we might as well talk about our projects. I have bad news on my part. I have not watched a single Io Shirai Red Belt match. Um, there's just been a lot of Starlight, or Starlight. There's been a lot of stardom shows, and I just haven't had the time to fit that in. So, to the listeners that were looking forward to it, I apologize. It is still coming. Yeah, I think that with these projects, it's less uh, it's less something we're going to do in long segments on the show. On it's more sort of uh, noteworthy points. So it's these are just like because we're both still catching up on what we need to know to be fully informed on uh, the Stardom and various other Joshi groups. It's just nice to have these little projects going to help emphasize the fact that we are learning and we are trying to uh, we're doing our best to be the best uh, Joshi fans that we can be. Yeah. Uh, on my part, I am going to, well, my project for last month was to uh, look up the history of uh, Dakota Kai during her tour in Stardom. There's not a lot of it on Stardom World. You can look deeper if you want to. Uh, 
uh, on other sources, but uh, the main things to point out was uh, she had uh, uh, there's a match with her as part of the Hyper Destroyers, uh, which is an interesting six man tag group. Uh, <laughs> sorry, uh, uh, trios tag right. team, and uh, she had an excellent uh, high speed belt challenge against Mayu Iwatani, which. Uh, it merely confirmed the the thought in my head that I really like to go to Guy, and I hope to see more of her uh, coming up very soon in NXT. Uh, for my project this month, I'm going to lean a little bit further out, and I am going to try and watch the six shows that comprise Stardom World's content for 2012. Ah, you're going very far back. That's I have seen all those. That's uh, that's going to be very interesting for you. It was a different promotion back then. Yeah, well, it's it's sort of. I looked at 2011. They've got a lot, a lot more shows, but I feel like that that's 2012 is when the cards start to look embryon embryonically, kind of like what I expect. So, and and this names I'm familiar with. So you've you've got uh, uh, you know uh, Io Shirai, obviously Mayu Yatani, uh, but also mixed with people like Yuzapon, who I'm mildly familiar with as well. Mm. Uh, You've got Saki Kashima is still working back then. Uh, uh, Alpha Female, who I, I want to see her run in stardom because it's supposed to be quite good. But there's also a few people who I've I know I'm deficient on, so I want to catch up. So I really need to check out. Well, as I said before, uh, Use Upon I want to catch up on. Uh, classic Kari Hojo, uh, I want to catch up a little bit on Nene Tak Takahashi. But most importantly, I want to go back and watch Act Yasukawa. Oh yeah, uh, that's uh, that's my favorite character in Stardom history. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I I spoke to Chris asking her uh, Chris Wolf a while ago, asking her what part of Stardom history I should go back and re and look into, and she said, you know, she acknowledged she's not the best source necessarily for this sort of thing, but checking out Act Yasukawa, she said that's a must. Yeah. So, this is what I this is what I want to do. I want to go back and uh, and see her in full action. I've watched one match of hers so far, and I loved it. Yeah. So, wow. and, and I've also looked up her background, her story. It's fascinating. It's heartbreaking. Uh, but she is an extraordinary talent, and I want to you know, be able to go back and recognize that. So. Yeah, I think that's tremendous. Act is my favorite in history for uh, the actual character work in stardom. And uh, I guess that means you're, uh, you're going to force us to go into the, uh, the unspoken part of stardom where we're going to have to bring up the Yoshiko incident. I'm not actually going to watch it. I've decided I have seen minor sections of it. I, I'm not ready yet. Okay. Uh, I don't know enough about Yoshiko. I don't know enough about act. I feel like it could be something we discuss further down the line, like a long way further down the line. Okay. But I want to understand the promotion as it stood before that happened. Okay. And it's not going to be the case where I necessarily decide to watch an entire year's worth of their stardom content every month. So next month I might choose to watch something different just to take a break. So I'd, I'd rather be able to come at it from an informed opinion as opposed to coming to the event in and of itself and making a snap, making a judgment. Although, obviously, I think most people have an idea where, you know, common sense falls on that. So, 
Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm not looking forward to watching that again. That's uh, you'll see when you see it. It's, it's I, I I have seen very brief moments and it's genuinely horrific. So yeah, it really is. Again, this is another another reason why I want to boot it down the line a bit because I I I'm not ready. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just right. not ready for it yet. That's right. That's right. Good. Good. Um, okay. Uh, so, so is your does your project remain the same then? My project remains the same. I need to see Io Shirai's second Red Belt Rain. I just need to see the full thing. Um, I believe the vast majority is on Stardom World. If anything's missing, I'll do my best to find it. Uh, this might take longer for me. I'm one of those people where if a match is too good, I it's harder for me to watch matches after it. So... Uh, if it's just her beating up Gaijin repeatedly, I can watch that. But I already know that after that first Mayu match, I'm going to need a couple days. I'm going to need a break. Same with the second Mayu match. Um, the Mako, uh, the Mako match to start it. Uh, I believe there's a Kyrie match in there. Um, I, I can't watch so-called overused word epic matches back to back. I just, I just can't do it. I'm too worn out after them. So it's the PWG theory. What's that? You know, well, it's it, the reason I can't watch PWG is because a great card is like a great meal, and PWG is ten courses of chocolate cake. <laughs> right, right. I just I I I, I like I like the individual courses, but I can't watch a full card. Yeah, yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah, I guess for me that would be uh, if I've already eaten steak, I don't need another steak immediately after. Yeah, yeah. It takes away from the specialness. Exactly, exactly. I don't want to force it's, it's, it. So, it's nice when cards have texture. Yeah, yeah. My 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 project may take a little longer, but hey, no arguments from me. I'm going to enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to enjoy it. And uh, so, our final uh, item for the day would be looking at Kyoko Inoue versus Manami Toyota. This match was recommended by you. Uh, so, do you want to? Uh, Tell us a little bit about why you chose it. I chose it, um, well, the date, in case people want to watch, I'll also put a link in the notes, is April 25th of 1992. I chose this match, A, because you told me, you instructed me, you wanted your next match to contain Monami Toyota. So I that narrowed it down some, that was very helpful. And two, I also did it because I didn't want to jump you immediately in the deep end of Monami Toyota. Um, which is to say, this is, I mean, I think Meltzer has it at five stars, so this is a hell of a match. But there's other matches I like even more, uh, with Aja Kong, uh, there's some tag matches, the Yamada stuff, there's a, there's a Mako match uh, way down the line from here. Uh, I, I, I sort of wanted you to go back to when she first started emerging as a world-class worker. Um, and also because I'm not sure how many other chances uh, I'll have to show you Kyoko in a way that focuses on her individually. She'll come up again, but uh, I wanted you to see her here to see how unique she was. Um, so that's why I picked it. Uh, so I guess you must have watched it. What did you think? Uh, I watched it a couple of times. Uh, once about a week ago and once again today um, 
I think I, I appreciated this as much for the introduction to, to Kyoko as to Manami, because as I've said before, I'm a little bit familiar with Manami. I've seen you know, Shikara appearances, a couple of other bits and pieces. I've watched a retirement ceremony. Kyoko is more of a mystery to me uh, originally, because if you look at her now, you don't necessarily get a feel for the person that she was in her prime. Uh, although she always still has that that's uh, almost ultimate warrior style yeah. uh, unique makeup, which I love. Um, uh, I also love the fact that she came out to Panama by Van Halen, she which did. is a great choice of, yeah. a, of, a, of a theme. Uh, Manami Toyota comes out in very contrasting stark black. And, I mean, I'm not going to say this. It, it, obviously, this is a five-star match according to Dave Meltzer. I still love it. It's. Uh, I. I. I think it's. I think it stands up as an excellent match. They start at a thousand miles an hour. Uh, yeah. It's. I think it's one of the. It's one of those matches where pace is so incredibly important to it. Yeah. Um. There's a couple of things that stood out to me. Um. Some. Of, a lot of the. A lot of the middle of the match is spent with. Uh, Kyoko trying to hook in submissions. Uh. I get a real Io Shirai feel off of. Uh, Manami Toyota because she she's at her best when she can suddenly just create space and use a bunch of high flying, whereas Kyoko was really trying to trap her in these absolutely horrendous looking submissions. Yeah, I mean, there was there was stuff there was really there was they were both exchanging some of these. The vast majority of them were on the part of Kyoko, but you know that beyond just the traditional um, Boston crabs and camel clutches, uh, there was uh, Manami hooked in that. Zack Sabre Jr. double arm bar yeah. at one point uh, and then Kyoko Inoue manages to hook in what looks like a sharpshooter arm bar combo yeah uh, she hits at one point a torture rack razor's edge yes she did. she did which is just it's just it's like a razor's edge but you're going sideways <laughs> it was insane yeah uh, I- she 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 managed to uh, she she used a giant swing that was so fast I thought she was going to open a space and uh, open a hole in space time. She's going to create a black hole. Yeah, it was absolutely terrifying. Uh, Toyota took so many bumps in this match; they were insane. Um, I did. Well, I love well, the fact. I love the the basic theme of the match. As soon as Manami manages to create space, though. Uh, Kyoko responded with her own flying, but her flying offense is primarily just this blind, like, springboards, where she jumps back first into Manami and just levels her. Uh, it looks clumsy, but it looks effective. Uh, it was uh, it was really interesting stuff. Uh, well, she also I, had I, the uh, not-quite-springboard, but uh, I like the spot Kyoko does where... She runs towards the corner, but she does a rope run on the second rope <laughs> and then jumps over to the other rope and does a rope run on the second rope there. And yeah, that if I tried that, I'd break my neck. Well, exactly. She's um, she doesn't seem like it, but she's quite she's she doesn't seem like she wouldn't be agile. But when she starts busting out this high flying to keep up with Manami, obviously um, Manami is better at the high flying, but Kyoko has skills. Oh, in yeah. that region, uh, and towards the end, it felt like it was again the the pace of the thing was the main uh, was the main uh, advantage for Manami. Once she started to get that sprint going towards the finish, that's yeah. when uh, Kyoko really started to fall behind. Uh, 
and the uh, and and when Minami starts busting out the suplexes, especially the well, it was a rather ugly version this time, but the ocean cyclone suplex, yeah, is absolutely gorgeous uh, most yeah. of the time. I mean, in this this version, I'm not sure that Kyoki Inoue went above horizontal, but yeah, well, uh, that that was interesting to me because instead of Minami standing fully up with it, she just sort of. They just sort of went back. It was more like a, ju- a German suplex type of motion. Yeah, yeah, but the impact was still looked devastating, so oh, yeah. it didn't matter that much. Yeah, uh, yeah, that, not, yeah. <laughs> you can you can kind of see someone like Shiki looking at this match and like looking at the number of drop kicks that Manami Toyota did and saying, "I could do that." But yeah. the difference is that the drop kicks that Toyota is throwing are like Hanakamura level. Yeah, uh, they are. They are tough. They are no joke uh i don't think i'd like to have been either of the people in this match just because i mean i feel like kyoko took a lot of impact but i feel like minami toyota just got absolutely tortured for so much of it yeah and i think she even hit her head on the metal guardrail at one point i think you yeah i think i know the spot you mean yeah 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 um my two things with this match would be one um this match was the Mon- Monami Toyota formula. So it's going to start out a thousand miles an hour. It's going to slow down a little with little bursts of energy. And then every time she makes her comebacks, it's also going to be a thousand miles an hour. So the, the big thing with Monami Toyota is every time she's on offense, it's just a whirlwind of action. Um, and it's up to her opponent to slow it down, and some are more successful than others. And of course, it, that's not to say the opponent's chin-locking her like Randy Orton, though, though their offense isn't boring. Um, but it's not the frenetic pace of Monami Toyota. Uh, the second thing that, to me, is, and it's especially exemplified by Inoue, is there were so many moves that people just do not do anymore in this match or plane just never picked up and never did um kyoko's offense was so unique uh her version of the samoan drop is more of a toss uh her version of a top rope elbow drop is jumping backwards instead of the forward jump that everyone else in the world does Hmm. um kyoko inoue's offense was just incredibly unique and i really liked that about her Oh, the absolute the the sickest moment of the match was when she hooks on, she goes to put on a, a surfboard, and you think, okay, so you pull back, and then you've got their uh your feet in the back of their knees, and you're pulling back on the on the wrists. Yeah, you know, it's a it's a it's a it's a horrible move to take, but she rolls forward. Yeah, and it's just like, oh my god, like the pressure on that was entirely on. Manami Toyota's face and neck for a second. It's just like, what the hell kind of sick carnival trick was that? She did it a couple of times, and each time I just rewound it and just thought, oh my god, why does no one do that? But also, I can totally see why nobody does that. Yeah, because that's hell. (laughs) Another thing I liked, um, going into Kyoko's... uh, however you describe that, where it was 
it's she's doing crazy things, but she's doing them well. I thought it was very nice during Monami's first big comeback. She starts throwing these drop kicks right into her, but Kyoko's caught off guard. So instead of taking drop kick to the face back one, drop to drop kick to the face back one, drop kick to the face back one, Manami's running at her and just hitting her wherever she can, and this causes Kyoko to then bump in the most odd angles. So she might hit the drop kick to the face and cause a back bump. But then she gets up and drop kicks her in the back and now she drop now she has to bump onto her face. And then it happens again, but this time from the side and now she's gotta bump onto her side and then the next time she has to bump into the ropes and that I just loved the controlled chaos of this match and a lot of that part of it is down to Kyoko who was just uh, I'm blanking on the word but she was just so different and unique in what she did it kind of reminds me of what a lot of people have said about um, Minoru Suzuki's greatest strength which is that he's so unlike a lot of other main event style performers in Japan yes uh, in the way he sells, in the way he, you know, in the way he structures his matches, it's he creates a unique aura, and I think Kyoko definitely has a little, definitely has that more than a little bit of that. Uh, she she uh, has an unpredictability, which yeah. <laughs> I I, I want to see more of her just because it's going to be. I mean, uh, you can if you want to see see her in WWF, she was there for a cup of coffee in '95. Right. Um, along with uh, around the time of the Survivor Series with uh, with Aja Kong as well. Yeah, yeah, you uh, can see her on the network. But uh, that even that's probably not the best. That's probably not the best example of her work. <laughs> no, that's the sort of thing uh, where people will take a recommendation and go, "Oh, let me go see her on the network," and then they won't understand why we're raving about her and what we're really saying about her. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So you can you can see her, but you can't see her. Um, and it's like you said, it's it's a lot like Suzuki, where their their biggest strength is they are not like anyone else. Mm. Uh, so yes, uh, excellent recommendation again. Uh, I got a feeling we'll be coming back to more of both of these uh, women. Uh, so uh, Justin, what is our next uh, classic match that you want me to uh, experience? All right, this time. We're going to bring you to, into the world of Aja Kong. Yes. Here we go. Uh, you're not going to do tag matches yet still. You're not going to have... Uh, I'm going to try to find more unique opponents in singles matches because Lord knows you could watch a million Aja Kong versus Monami Toyota matches. So we're going to mix that up. This card, uh, or this match, was from the show on August 25th of 1993. You are going to watch Aja Kong versus Dynamite Kansai. I don't believe I've ever heard of Dynamite Kansai. Well, you're you're gonna know you're gonna know very soon who she is because this is this is a hell of a match, um, and I just can't wait for you to watch it. I, I like her already because her, the color of her gear matches the color of my microphone. <laughs> Tom has a very bright. Lime green microphone. I, I do. It's I bought it this I bought this brand new microphone in bra- in lime green because it was two pounds cheaper. So And and because you knew you were gonna fall in love with Dynamite Gonsai. Obviously, it was fate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um 
another unique thing. I mean, Kansai's not like Aja Kong, but these are two uh, two two of the bigger women. So it's it's a hell of a match. Excellent, cool. I'm really looking forward to that. Me too. Me too. Okay, so I think that wraps up episode two for Joshi Joshi. Um, I think it also wraps up our aspirations of trying to keep this to ninety minutes. It sure does. This uh, this went over ninety minutes. We covered <laughs> too many shows, too many news stories. Uh, but I don't think there will be any problem with that. I think uh, uh, you all got your half hour on Brandy Rhodes. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's all it's all a matter of refinement. I think so. Exactly. Um, if you listen to the whole thing, we thank you very much. Uh, and we'll see you in two short weeks for episode 2.5, covering the Joshi uh, Olympics, as I would say, but it's the Joshi Athletic Meet. Um, that's a real fun episode, me and Tom. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, we recorded that already, and uh, it's, it'll be fun for you. Uh, yes, indeed. I had great fun with that. And uh, so, bring us to a close on our second episode. Uh, we are uh, available to speak to. Uh, Justin, your uh, Twitter is? Coffee, yay! At C-O-F-F-E-E-Y-A-Y. And my Twitter is RabbitStavros77. That is R-A-B-I-D-S-T-A-V-R-O-N. S seven seven. That sounds right. Sure. Sounds sounds in the in the right area. Look, look up Tom Hemmings. It's fine. I'll be on there. And uh, I also have another podcast that I want to talk about. Obviously, uh, it's the Cure for the Common podcast, which I co- co-host with Kellen Scrivens. Um, he is a Canadian uh, living in America, and uh, we have been discussing the 1997 WWF and every single goddamn second of it. So <laughs> if you want if you want if you want results from episodes of Shotgun that you cannot buy for love or money, we're we, we're going to watch those and uh, tell you about them. If you want if you want to know how good Rockabilly was, this is the podcast for you. Yeah, I was uh, going to say Tom Tom's not joking here. They're not just going through raws. They're they're covering everything. Superstars, Shotgun, WWF New York, Raw Thursday, Raw Thursday, Raw Thursday, uh, (laughs) United Kingdom cards, uh, the European Championship tournaments, it's everything. We've covered every second of it, and it's a a real, real mixed bag. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm not just... uh, (laughs) So, yeah, if that sounds like fun, go for it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's worth checking out. It's like oh, four years now we've been trying to do this thing. <laughs> Eventually you'll come to the end of... You'll come to uh, midnight, New Year's Eve. Yeah, week 37 is it's going to come around soon. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have fun doing it, so what the hell? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, once again, thank you so much for joining us. We look forward to uh, you joining us again on our next show. Thank you very much, Justin. Uh, Thank you, Tom, and uh, thanks to all the listeners. Bye-bye.